Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the B-Side Podcast for the Film Stage. I am Dan Mecca with Connor O'Donnell. As always, Connor, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Dan. We got Penelope. Penelope yeah. Cruz is our subject. Um, here, as you know, at the B-Side, we talk about movie stars. Not the movies that made them famous or kept them famous, but the ones that they chromophobia in between. <laughs> and we brought back, I think, got to be our... Is this our Katie? Are you Katie has to be our first three timer, right? Connor, no, is there, are there other no, three no, yeah, we got uh, Gavin's Who? like a five timer. Oh, Gavin, yeah. okay, Gavin, Gavin's like a brother, anyway. So, we have for the third time Catherine Clark Gray of Uncompromised Creative, also the senior writer for the Wait What Network, one of the podcasts, and we're going to highlight this Masters of Scale. And now we'll say. Two Webby Awards have been awarded to an episode you wrote, Katie, right? The part one of the Barack Obama episode. Congratulations, and thank you for coming back. Why, thank you. Thank you for having me. I think I might have harassed you into bringing me back for, to talk about no, Penelope Cruz, I, but we won't talk about hey, it. I'm we, really, no, no, I'm really it. glad you did, because this is she is one that I have had on our kind of short list the list of, of 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 people in the running um and i never you know we i think sometimes with these things we either want to try and find the right guests or like wait for the right moment or whatever and i feel like it just kind of was never happening with her and so for you to just uh bring her up and 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 lobby for her i think was perfect so i'm glad you did it i will admit i think this episode made me kind of sad because <laughs> I feel I I if you've looked at well, my you letter, watched a lot. I mean, I watched yeah, a lot. Well, you watched, watched a lot. I've watched a lot. I according to my letterbox, I have now watched twenty of her films. Whoa! Uh, which is only like a quarter of her movies. She's done a Wait, lot. A lot she's, of got, she's got so much. Yeah, she's been in quite a bit. Now, now we should say so. We the four we're focusing on, but but obviously there's plenty to talk about. We have uh, chronologically Captain Corelli's Mandolin. We have chromophobia we have twice born and we have this year's the 355 a spy thriller from simon kinberg who is a producer who also directs and that is an important <laughs> way to say that uh about mr kinberg god bless him yeah don't forget he also has um an assist from Teresa Rebeck, a playwright who also dabbles in things for screen. <laughs> yeah, so a lot yes. of like, I yeah. mostly do this, I sometimes do this, and th for both of them, it's a sometimes. <laughs> I mean, Kinberg, yeah. <laughs> we'll get into it. Kinberg directs, we were talking about this, I feel like in our last episode, Kinberg directs like a producer, and that's not a compliment in a way like where it's like you can feel the economy on the screen sure. sometimes where i'm like a lot of this like, guy was too aware of the budget yeah, while he was saying action a lot this of like too a lot of like we got it right okay moving on we got it we got it <laughs> we can't get this location we'll go over there i don't want to talk about it um <laughs> anyway. right, so penelope cruz now katie so you wanted to do episode like you said obviously we're more than happy to have you on talk about penelope cruz she's been on our short list as connor said what was your first uh, Penelope, right? She 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 emerges in the early '90s, and we can get into that. But what was the first Penelope Cruz film you remember seeing? Slash, like, what was it about her that made you want to yes, be like, oh, right. we got to do this? 
I can pinpoint it exactly. I can't remember if she was on my radar before, but I have a crisp mem- memory of seeing her in Vanilla Sky. Mm-hmm. Ah. Um, I liked Vanilla... Nicholas and I, my husband Nicholas and I, um, liked Vanilla Sky better than most people, although nobody can stand up for that third act. But I knew that it was a remake of Abre los Ojos, which she had also been in. I knew that somehow. And... <laughs> I feel like Penelope Cruz in that movie kind of rearranged my sexuality. Like I'm never more bisexual than when I am looking at Penelope Cruz and talking <laughs> sure, about like, sure, it's, sure. you know, and so like, I just have memories of being like, oh, maybe things are different than I thought they were. <laughs> like, I was, I was in love with Penelope Cruz in that movie. And I thought that she and Tom Cruise had a strange um, a strange chemistry because he does not always have the chemistry we, Dan with, and I, with his co-stars. Dan and I talk about this quite a bit, actually. I know. And he's she is yeah. I mean, it make I will say this, it makes sense that they dated for three years because it is it yeah, it's a rare it's it feels well, also, like a Vanilla real thing Sky that you're watching is, happen in that and movie. Also, and also the thing about Vanilla Sky too is it's it's two. Cause I think he does have good chemistry with Cameron Diaz as well, a little bit. And so you're getting two cruise chemistry positive things in one movie, which like never happens. I mean, yeah. And also, I should also say like, you know, (laughs) spoiler, I guess from 2001. Um, I mean, the deal with her is that she's playing an idealized version of a woman, right? Right. Sure. Which I feel is so symbolic of the things that she wound up playing in her career, including some things we all talk about tonight. She's playing someone that he patched together from every idea of love he ever yeah, he had met her like and that's twice. what she's playing yeah. right he yes. met her like twice and then in this you know without i guess giving the whole thing away but whatever it's 20 well, years old it's she, like she nails she nails that idea of yes. a perfect like not even a manic pixie dream girl but just like a dream girl yeah and yeah. i Literal feel like it girl, hurt yeah. her that's not the film that did it, but I feel like that ability that she had um, put her in some real trash and some I think, bad Yeah, and I think it's funny because at the time, I think her performance in Vanilla Sky was derided, but in hindsight, the, I would argue that's her first American film where she looks even remotely comfortable. Mm-hmm. And she, I do think she's very good in it, which makes sense when you think about Abre Los Ojos, where it's like she's playing the same role. And that movie's also very good. I love Vanilla Sky, and I'll defend the third act till I die. So we're, <laughs> we're, 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 we're all in good company here. That's a movie I've yeah. always loved. And, and I, I, did, I did actually a couple months ago finally watch Abre Los Ojos, and it's also a very good movie. And very, like, very similar. It's funny, like... You think to yourself, like, oh, Cameron Crowe or Cameron Crow and Tom Cruise, they remade a movie. It must be way different. Not really. No, it's it's, it, it's, it's really close. close to that original. Which it's obviously, like, I mean, it, it also she is also so good in that movie that, yeah. you know, it makes perfect sense why Cameron Crowe would be like, oh, well, no, we're not going to recast that. They we'll do just, more. like there's Cameron, there's no one else. Like Cameron Diaz does more in the remake than than the actress who plays that role does in the original there's some diff there's some definite like changes but but it's very close um all right so okay so that makes sense vanilla sky and now i'm thinking is mine vanilla sky i love vanilla sky i love tom cruise i definitely saw when it came out on video i would have been young and i'm trying to think would would have there been anything else i think right around that time as well she's in a movie called blow by ted demi yeah which same I year. rewatched. Same I year. did too. It's on Netflix. Um, 
I it'll, I'll never I'll never get over the fact that Ted Demi, eighteen months later, died of a heart attack that appears to have been brought on by cocaine use. And the last <laughs> narrative feature he directed was Blow. I mean, that is just the craziest shit. I always forget that, and then I and then I watch the movie. I'm like, oh, that's right, poor Ted Demi. He was like 38, so sad. Um, but Blow's a good movie. She's in it. So the, it's, it was either Blow or Vanilla Sky for me. And Blow at the time was like a very cool movie, right? Yeah. Like Johnny Depp was making cool movies, right? You know, like From Hell and like, you know. I definitely saw that in the theater. <laughs> I right, was like, oh, right. well, those poster, beautiful people should be together for sure. And the, po- and the poster is kind of, icon- I don't want to say iconic, but it's memorable because it's the two of them and they're very sexy and the title's great, and your the font is great, the design is great. You're kind of like, oh yeah, blow. That's it's, good. It's it's one of those yeah. of very of a time posters a time. that so that somehow has like still aged okay. You know, like oh, it's sure. still yeah. Ray like, Liotta, who R.I.P. is great in that movie. Yeah. Actually, yeah. he's yeah. very for, good in that. Yeah. Very I was good, very in sweet. the middle of watching Blow. I had paused it, and then he died. So I felt oh. like I was oh. like, "Oh, Rick. yeah." So I watched I, half of it, not having that hanging over me, and half of it. And there's, it. I forgot that scene towards the end of the movie. That's like probably better than the whole rest of the movie, where uh, Depp has got to like he's got to leave, he's got to like go on the run, and he's and Ray Liotta's like, "All right, well, he's like, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna." Deb is, is like I gotta go I don't know when I'll be able to come back and Ray Liotta's, Ray Liotta's older and they have this like moment where Ray Liotta's like alright well I guess this is it and it's like really sad it's like oh my god a dad and a son he's gonna leave and never come back I was like this is why really it was great because there's not even a lot of dialogue and you see it all, all in his face and it's when like really he was lovely. when yeah. he not to tangent or whatever into Ray Liotta yeah. but w- when he was tender Oh. was always it always felt like such a gift like yeah very uh, good anyway yeah dominic yeah, and agreed. eugene is a great movie um speaking of the tenderness um all right so so yeah blower vanilla sky for me connor what about you it's got to be the, it's got to be the same i i my go-to answer was vanilla sky but i forgot about blow and well I, you're a big mandolin player yeah so well was it not, right right i grew you up love playing, playing the, the mandolin, mandolin which we, yeah, is a my well-known uncle, established my fact. uncle is a mandolin and <laughs> <laughs> no i but the reason so i guilty as charged i'm the reason we watched captain corelli's mandolin mostly because well two reasons <laughs> one it briefly i almost lobbied for it to be on our nicholas cage episode I understand that. Uh, and then I lobbied for it to be here because and I partly I think because it must have been one of my first memories of like and I never I full disclosure had not seen the movie until we watched it for this. It is just like burned in my brain as this I like man, he's I, well, it was just burned in my brain as like you, know, you see, you know, I remember like I'd go to the <laughs> movies with my dad and it would play in the previews. I'd be like, ah, what the fuck is that movie? Like, or what, you know, and I don't know. It just like Such stuck. peak, you yeah. know, Captain Crow's Mandolin is like what I, what I do like. I guess this is a good segue because it's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's our first. Yeah, it's our first movie. So. Let's get into what it. I li- yeah. What I like about, so the movie is not, I would not say it's a strong picture. All right, we'll just start <laughs> there. Okay. No. It's based on a I novel. I liked it a little more than I thought I was going to, it's, if I'm being honest. Though. Yeah. So it's based on a novel that was very popular in the 90s. And what I think, what I what I do like about us talking about it is it does rec- represent, not unlike Blow, right, in a different way, this very specific time in Hollywood where, like, you know, Miramax and Harvey Weinstein 
are they have never been more powerful right like this is like three years after shakespeare in love shocks the world right the year after chocolat gets nominated for best picture that's how much power these people have it's like a, a perfectly fine pleasant lasa hauser movie right i'm not no hate against chocolat but it's like <laughs> just a, just a a travelogue movie with it like was a, a little time. Yeah, with like a little Johnny Depp performance. This, Julia is, this, is, sort just of, this is sort of similar in that regard. It feels well, this is my little, point. Yeah, this yeah. is my point. Mm-hmm. So Lassa Hallstrom, he's, he directs Chocolat. He directs Cider House Rules. John Madden directs Shakespeare in Love. Directs um, this movie, Captain Crowley's Mandolin. I am a bi- I like John Madden. I like uh, Shakespeare in Love. I like his adaptation of Ethan Frome. I like proof is one of my favorite movies based on the uh david auburn play i love proof the movie like so i like john madden but it's just this moment where like the budget is high for mm-hmm. captain corelli's mandolin starring nicholas cage of face-off and con air and con in 60 seconds i, I don't, do you Greece. not do you not think there's the money's not a on greek the screen, person though? there's not a greek person in the movie it's just like no, no, we're gonna cast, one to be found we're gonna <laughs> cast the spaniard as the yeah. greek native of the island who's penelope cruz we're gonna cast nicholas cage who like I guess he's Italian because he's a Coppola, <laughs> but he's like American. It's like, you know, Christian Bale, who's a isn't he Welsh or something? Like, yeah, Christian Bale is is I believe either I believe he's, he's Welsh, Welsh right? in real life. Yeah. Yes, he's yeah. playing Greek. another Greek yeah. native yeah. who's like very Greek. And I'll say Christian Bale actually I think he a handles good it. He handles it the best, if I'm being honest, of of anybody in terms yeah, of like. <laughs> He, I, that's it true. feels like he I, can at least pull off the accent. Katie's, and he like, could... Katie's like the bars. So <laughs> no, no, no. It is. Well, it is. I agree. I mean, I appreciate it for Penelope. Penelope Cruz did not try. She was just like, I'm doing my voice. Um, yeah. It was your choice to put me in this. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm it from was, Spain. It was, so, a, yeah. It, yeah. it was a Sean Connery level sure. uh, decision to yeah. like, this is who I am and we are not going to change this. Like, Which I, I think is the right move. No, I, I agree. I think it's the right move too. I agree. Yeah. She was like, "Y'all are not going to know the difference." Yeah. And true enough, I John think Hurt basically does that. the same thing, right? Like he's John kind of, Hurt is the most English. He's Greek I, I, have ever, I could not believe John Hurt was in that movie. But I do think so. Penelope. So Penelope had this thing for a while that I think is less happening now, which obviously I think makes sense with just the industry. I suppose Penelope Cruz had this thing for a while where it was almost an Anthony Quinn. Omar Sharif thing, yeah, hundred percent. Where it was like, or Tony Shalhoub more recently, you, right? You, where you it's like Brenner, even or like, where it's just like, yeah. hey, so you're exotic, so yeah. you can just play, you know, you're from any place and it's close, right? Like, like that's it, like, yeah. what it's. do they grow olives where you might live? <laughs> yeah, as no, no, this no. Character? Ex- yeah, exactly. I mean, because she goes, <laughs> then go ahead. She, she's run the, she's run the gamut, right? Like she's, she really, Greek, she really has. Greek, she's Italian, played a lot Spanish, of Mexican, South, a lot of Mexican, yeah. any variation, yeah, any variation of South America. I, I was like, tracking yeah. what nationality she was playing and I was like, oh no, there's no consistency I, here at all. I do sort of appreciate, I did yeah. uh, finish watching. Well, because even all the pretty horses, She's like, it's a Mexican, right, very Mexican. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do appreciate she, right before we started recording, I finished watching Parallel Mothers. And oh, I was going to watch good. that. She's, very good. She's like, uh, very good in it, unsurprisingly. Um, and also, all, we should just say, we chose not to do any of the Almodovars because those are her yeah. staple. Yeah. I mean, yeah. those, those are, are not B-sides B-sides for her. Yeah. 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 
Um, although I did get, I rewatched basically all of them just as like, whatever context. And cause I'm a fucking overachiever, overachiever. Or whatever. but, <laughs> but I did get, good. I did get sucked into the trap of like, I had not seen, I'm so excited. So I put oh, it's it just on the cameo. and yeah, she's, she's just in, in the beginning. And then, so I watched the whole movie expecting her to come yeah, back. Her, and, her and Banderas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, they oh, are man. very cute in that little cameo, though. Um, it's a nice little cameo. But anyway, yeah, she's she's kind of run the gamut with all of that. I mean, she also, I think, this is because this is the same year as Vanilla Sky, is that right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. And, and blow. And blow. Big year. Big and year so for I her, think, yeah. you know, I, I it's just her in that pocket of like of again Dream Girl, right? Like it's. She's she gets, I think, maybe a little bit more to do in this. Maybe. Well, you could. I mean, the movie, the well, movie she's the protagonist of this. Yeah. Theoretically. yeah. The movie she, takes away. So, so you know, the movie obviously takes a lot away. It cuts a lot of the book away. Right. So so in the book and I haven't read the book, but I was kind of just like spot checking, you know, plot points. The whole Christian Bale element is a whole bigger part, right, of 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 the book, right? That is that's gets, un, that's unsurprising actually. Yeah, and Ma- yeah. Mondras is who is who Bale plays and and um Penelope Cruz's character uh uh Pel- Pelagia, sorry, it's Pel- Pel- Pelagia. 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 A Greek. I thought her name Pelagia. was a beautiful bambina. Yeah. <laughs> I was Nicholas I was King. sort of watching this remotely with my sister and we were texting back and forth and uh, that's my record of notes for this movie. Pelagia. And so we just called her Pelican for like half the movie because we could Pelagia. not like really get a hold of what it was. And we had yeah. <laughs> Very Pelagia. Greek name. Yeah. So yeah. Pelagia is betrothed to Mandras, right? And then yes. the plot of the film is essentially we're in World War II is happening, right? And we're in the um the I- Ionian Islands, right, which are which are quickly occupied by the Italian army, and um, there's this there's this island uh, Cephalonia, which is where the whole movie set essentially, and the guy basically leading the division of Italian soldiers is Captain Antonio Corelli, who's Nicolas Cage. Captain Antonio Corelli and Mandras, who's like a local. A local fisherman I, is, is what I'm reading here. I don't, I don't know if they really express that in the movie, but he. Well, they say he can't read. That's what they. Can't right. Yeah, he's like a working. He's working right? he's class. Like very, yeah, and there, yeah. there's a really like there, there's a big indictment of their relationship early in the movie, where she writes him basically every day, and oh, he's yes, got yes, this yes. whole stack, and he comes back and he's like, I can't read them, and I was like, first of all, I feel like you should have known that already because right. this village yeah. is not big, right. and the second part is that like. He had a lot of people who might have been. They could have read, read it to him, right? Yeah, but and then anyway. he do, he eventually does it like which way is, late, which it's is like br- come on, bro, br- brutal, yeah, that brutal happens. scene. But so, but so the whole there's a whole so Madras basically he he joins he he leaves the island to fight in the war right on the opposite side of the Italians right so he kind of leaves the movie and then while he's gone, Corelli develops a relationship with Cruz's character. And John Hurt is her father. He's the local doctor. And the whole thing with Corelli's character is like, he's kind of a kook. He's a little eccentric, right? He's a it's little kinda, funny. Like, really you know what, guys? You know what he plays? War. You know what he plays? Yeah. He plays the a mandolin. mandolin. Baby. <laughs> and it's like, and he sings, and it's like, there's a lot of singing in the movie. And um, 
he's trying to catch these turtles to beat Bowser and like he has a little <laughs> red hat and he runs around uh, based on his accent. He's like, oh, and being he's all, jumping down and, green uh, pipes. It's as an like... Italian American. I, I don't, I don't think I was offended. I think I certainly was like, Oh, I don't think this is how they sound. I, I, at an artistic but, level, I was offended. Yeah. But yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it it's just a case of, it would have been so much better if he just did nothing. Right. If he just like, well, here's the thing. Here's yeah. the thing with yeah. cage, mm, right? Yeah. We did our cage episode. He's he's a fascinating person to talk about. His his ebbs and flows and peaks and valleys are, you know, they are. Um, I don't even know if I could point to another actor, right? In terms of just, he, in some moments, the greatest actor who's ever lived, right? If you think about like li- leaving Las Vegas or something like raising Arizona, where pig he's was like, great. pig, yeah, yeah pig, pig. Yeah. He's amazing pig. Last year, he's it feels like he's literally tapping into like new things like throughout his career, like very actually, yes. Like, and that's incredible, right? Where he's always searching. And I think that's so admirable. And I think he, it truly is one of our great artists in a lot of respect. But then I think, you know, like a lot of these very ambitious artists, you will have something like Captain Crowley's Mandolin, where he had an idea, maybe John Madden wasn't the right director to kind of collaborate with him on whatever he was doing. And you kind of just get this very ridiculous performance and the character himself is meant to be kind of like a clown, bigger, like bigger a, than yeah. the moment. So it all kind of, it catapults like above the whole movie and yeah. like Penelope Cruz is playing it low and John Hurt's kind of not in enough of it to counter and Bale leaves. And so I it's think really she, just like, she Carell, and, it's really she and, Bale, and Cruz. I feel like are the two, she and Bale are the two that I think know the most exactly what movie they're in. I guess I think still, you know? think, I think this is still one of her weaker early American performances. No, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think, and that's, I mean, that's the other, that's the other thing that, bugs me about watching a ton of these like is that to me like, this and all the pretty horses i feel like are like these are like kind of maligned adaptations of of very popular books sure and in both cases she feels a little lost and i'm not saying it's her fault but it's like you know all the pretty horses not one of our movies one of my truly most favorite books like i all the pretty horses i think is like one of the best books i've ever read ever cormac mccarthy's novel i i would anybody could read that book i think it's like a true work of art like i love 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 that book and the movie it's not even i wouldn't even say to watch the movie because it got stolen from billy bob it's another weinstein situation they cut out an hour of the movie i'll link to a playboy article uh, playboy interview where matt damon talks about it they threw out the score they re-recorded another score it's like not the movie he made it's like Billy Bob like never recovered from what happened. Like yeah. he still talks about it. Like it's it's just a crazy, terrible thing. And in that movie, not unlike this movie, it just feels like she's in it. She's doing yeah. her best, but you can't really hold on well, to it. I think that's the it's sort of the beginnings of you know you look at her two thousand one, which is her. She was already kind of a movie star at this point uh, in other parts of the world, but you know yeah. this is her arrival in Hollywood, as it were, and. It really, I think the great tragedy of the, that whole thing, that whole part of her career is just that like, it seemed like nobody ever just really figured it out. They were like, they were just, they were so like distracted by their own wolf whistling, basically, that that they just didn't, you know, you go, but then you go and you watch fucking, you know, Volver and Broken Embraces and you're like, oh my God, she's just fucking throwing heat. Like, she's so good. Yeah. 
It does feel like they did not see any of uh, those movies yeah, that like, she had done in Spanish, right, first of all. Right. And that saw her as, as like a, as, as uh, I'm, uh, the word that's coming to mind is spitfire, which is terrible. I hate that sure, word. But sure. like, but, but yeah, she's got, I, you know where I think we first really got to see it, like skipping ahead, like she gets nominated. She, she well, she wins her Academy Award for Vicky Cristina Barcelona right. in 2008. Yeah. And I remember seeing that movie, which was a piece of garbage. I, I am not a Woody Allen fan and I thought that movie was awful, <laughs> but she is amazing. Yes. Like she just comes in there like wreathed in smoke and she's there with Javier Bardem and obviously like they're, you know, married or about to be married at the time and like yeah. have this incredible chemistry and she just like burns it all down. I was like, ah, that is the person yeah. who is sort of trapped inside this woman that had to listen to over and over again in multiple movies the same line like, oh, you're the most beautiful woman right. I've ever seen. I can't take my eyes off you. We must have an affair immediately. And, I think, like, and you're right. And you're right because two years earlier Volver comes out and I think it, that's when it's an Alma Devar movie, obviously, and I think yeah. she gets the nomination. It's an impossibly yep. great performance. I love that movie. And I think the cash in is Vicky Christina, and she's also, I mean, and it's, it also speaks to her range because it's such a fundamentally different yeah. role, too. It's like she's playing, the age is different, the role is so much different, like a, a yeah. lover, a mother, right? It's like two different things happening. Not that they're, they're, that can't happen at the same time, but just in terms of kind of, the principle. I mean, she's yeah, often she's often both in many movies, <laughs> right, right, right. And the, whole especially <laughs> as as she's kind of grown, right. You'll get more of that in stuff like, um, you know, even more recently, like. Uh, I mean, even in uh, parallel. Everybody mothers, knows. Yeah. I, I watched Everybody Knows today, which is the um, the Oscar Farhadi movie, which is like a thriller from a few years back, and and um, and one funny thing, because yeah, um, uh, her and. Javier Bardem get married in 2010. They are they act together in her first movie, Hamon Hamon. Yeah, yes they do. Which is she a was like pretty 18. fun movie. Pretty fun movie. I agree. She's a teenager. She's like 18 when they make it. It's a sexy. I thought we were going to make that thing. one of our four, to be honest, because I never heard of it. And then one of you sent me a link, and it was like, oh well, this has to be one of them. But I know that it doesn't fulfill the requirements because it, when it's like your first movie, you can't really be like. Mm, I mean, we could have sneaked in, and I yeah. think Connor so badly wanted to talk about the mandolin. You know, I, just... But this, but the Captain Curly's mandolin is a perfect B side, though. It is, it albeit is, it is. a B side that they thought was going to be an A side. Yeah. Like I oh threw God. money at that movie; well, they really thought that was going to be a thing. They and it, and really just, thought oh, it's man, emblematic really thought. of like it is just to me the poster child of her career in Hollywood of like. Everyone was smart enough to know she could be a movie star, but they weren't smart enough to know why. Yes. And, and that's, that's kind of well my said. whole that's my whole thing with her Hollywood career is like it, you know, I mean, and look, and this happens to actresses all the time. I just feel like she might be the most high profile and simultaneously successful. Well, Halle Berry su comes to mind yeah, as well. It's, right. it, yeah, no, she's a she's a perfect comp. But that thing of just like, yes, these okay. These women are exceedingly beautiful and perfect specimens of the species, yada, 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 whatever. Well, and coincidentally, just... they're in Gothica together. Which, oh, yeah, yes, yeah, that's true. Yes, she's like, if I'm remembering, I think Penelope Cruz is like the crazier girl, yeah. right? She's like, yeah, she plays if, somebody if super crazy. Is, if, Halle, if Halle Berry is Winona, right? Uh, <laughs> she's Angelina. She's Angelina. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. And, and that movie is not that bad which one girl I think interrupted it got or well no both, but yeah. gothica i recall being 
It was maligned <laughs> at the time, the Macho Kosovic movie. As a thriller, I I think it's a little over disliked. I think it's mm. it's kind of a fun movie. Um, I'm sure the mental politics are not great. I'm not defending any sort of psych, you know, whatever they're portraying. But but I recall it being more fun. And also, fun fact: that's the movie where where uh, I think that was the that movie was the movie where, where yeah, Robert, Robert Downey, Downey Jr. met, met Susan, Susan Downey. Downey yeah. And, they, and, they, and the rest is right. history because he's in that. But anyway, so yeah, I feel Captain like we drifted. Ma- <laughs> Captain Crowley's mandolin. It's yeah, it's just one of these things where it comes out and underperforms. It's kind of lost to time. I think you it know, seems, Cage, not a great performance. Yeah, Cruise gets by. It seems like the kind of movie too that that you'd think like. Uh, I don't know. I'm just trying to th- like, for instance. And they're not the same kind of movie, but like a movie like Valkyrie, right? A movie where like sure. nobody nobody does accents, whatever, but like the movie's better for it. And yep. it's the kind of movie, and you and I, I think even said this on our Tom Cruise episode, but like, you know, you if that movie comes out in 1962, it probably gets nominated for Best Picture, right? It's just like that kind of movie. Old and fashioned. I, and I think yeah. that's what they thought they might be making here. And maybe it is what they were making here. It's just that like... Yeah, like only like every other actor feels like they're performing in a different movie. No, yeah. None so worse than obviously Cage, which is, you know. Yeah, well, and and God bless him. I mean, because I feel like he at least was entertaining himself. Sure. Which is, right. I think sure. one of the reasons people love him is that no matter what, he never looks bored. He No, he rarely, I did see Bangkok Dangerous, but he <laughs> rarely looks bored. Sure. With what he is doing at the very yeah. least. And he's having a good time. And I also thought that like at the time, yeah. I watched, I was really interested in what Christian Bale was doing because he's playing Agreed. kind of a brute. Like he's playing somebody who can't like, he can't really understand, like we're supposed to be on the side of Penelope Cruz falling in love with Nicolas Cage. Pelagia falls in love with Captain Corelli and we're supposed to be on board with it because he plays a mandolin or like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I was never on board <laughs> with it because I felt and bad for Madras. Yeah. And You're also, right. Like, yeah. Yeah, and then Mount Madras turns out to be a much greater girl. I saw Madras in this movie, and nine times I wrote my sister and was like, he's going to die. Oh, now here's where he's going to die. You're just waiting for Madras to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he doesn't die. In fact, he, you know, makes sure that Captain Riley doesn't die. You know, not to, you know, spoil yeah. this old movie too much, but like. No, it's fine. I mean, and so he had, an, he had the biggest arc of everybody, and I felt like he was definitely in his own movie, but he at least was like. He built his own through line. And I felt like that's what was missing from Penelope Cruz's character. She was reacting to everything. She's good yes. at reacting to things. But if the things that she's reacting to don't make any sense mm-hmm. at all, yeah. then it's not going to make sense what she's doing. So she's like running around trying to find Captain Corelli. Like she's like, but there's never chemistry. Yeah. And you just don't get a sense of like, does she feel bad about Madras? Does she does she feel bad about like the fact that she's in a tiny village and everybody knows what's going on all the time? And obviously it's going to get back to him it just seems like nothing is tracking she's just reacting to whoever her scene partner is and yeah. that's a bummer yeah yeah you i mean that's all yeah that's exactly right i think and there's just also simultaneously too much and not enough going on because you have all this stuff with the war and how you know the germans stuff. ultimately turn on the italians which did happen and this is obviously yeah. the novel is based on a real massacre that happened where basically this exact thing happened in which the Italians thought the alliance with 
the Germans, the Nazis would hold. And then kind of when the Nazis had no use for the Italians and everything was kind of ending, they were like, hey, so we're going to kill you. And like there was a resistance and ultimately that led to just a massacre. So that's all interesting in theory but i almost think the movie probably would have a good been, book i don't know like probably I, a good book the, I, the movie, I did not know this history i yeah. will say but yeah the movie would have been better served to almost have less of that if you wanted the romance to be the right like yeah keep it, it, or keep it as a real backdrop or, or vice or vice, yeah. or vice versa yeah. right where yeah. it's like it's trying to do too much by half and it just doesn't work so i mean that's the film that's that's our first film i think it's emblematic of like Connor, like you said, what she's trying to kind of navigate. Ironically or coincidentally, Bale's dealing with the same thing because he just exploded with American Psycho, and this is that period where Bale's kind of like, "Where do I fit in Hollywood?" It's like Equilibrium, Rain of Fire, this Shaft the year before, right? right where he's playing basically, you know, Donald Trump Jr. Essentially, like, and it's like, you know, um, that's all happening. And he really finds the moment with the machinist, right? And yeah. then right. it catapults him into his career, right? Because right. then it's Batman yeah. and then and, it's and everything of course, else. Remember, he has been acting since he was a boy. A kid. He was yeah. Empire, yeah. Empire of the yeah, Sun. Yeah, he was in Empire of the Sun. But yeah, but like you're totally... Everything you said was right. Um, yeah, Swing Kids, Katie. You, have you seen Swing Kids? <laughs> I remember co- Swing Kids coming on like HBO. Newsies. I don't know if I really. I don't I think guess. I ever saw. Yeah, Newsies. I saw definitely Newsies. parts of Newsies a lot. Like whichever parts would come on when I turned on HBO. That's. <laughs> I think my. I, I think my union. I think my union worker father showed me Newsies on purpose to be like. Just get in your head. Labor <laughs> is important. Unified. Union strong. Union yep. strong. Fight. And Still I, love, I love Newsies. I yeah. love Newsies. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, 2001 <laughs> was not a great time for finding interesting character-driven yes. paths for pretty people. And it yeah. should be said that like she did have that quasi, that famous quote where, to paraphrase, she was like, well, you know, it's it's very hard when you're a beautiful woman in Hollywood. And there are a lot of people being like, well. Penelope. Right. No, but I you're watching but a bunch of her movies. I understand because I it's see where again, she's coming you, from. You look at you look at her European work and she's getting the good roles, right? And you're and you know, obviously like God bless all her work with Elma Dovar for like those yeah. reasons, right? But like Yeah, if you're I mean, yes, she had it much better than many for sure. Right, and right. I feel like that comic came out at a tone deaf time, but like but you absolutely the, the the track of these movies we will absolutely understand like why she was saying it because it, this these like bland not even vanilla like these just like like unseasoned shortbread rolls for this woman <laughs> just like just didn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, so yeah, so to that point, right? So after Mandolin, after O One, you get and we talked about some of these already. She's in Waking Up in Reno in a supporting role, also with uh, Charlize Theron. Um, doesn't doesn't really come out uh, in any big way. Um, Certainly an indie flop. And then the next year, she's in three films. Um, Gothica being one of them. We mentioned Mask and, Masked and Anonymous, which could have been a one we did. That's the Larry Charles directed Bob Dylan scripted ensemble you, film. And I believe with Val Kilmer, too, because I know that Val, you guys just talked Val, about it. Yes, yeah. Val Kilmer's did, in yeah. it, too. We're yeah. totally right. Um, well, See, I well listen, said. listen to you. Yeah, yeah, you know. And then... <laughs> And then um, I don't know this movie. Fan Fan La Tulipe uh, is a French film um, that 
I do not know enough about. But though that's her 03, Head in the Clouds with Charlize the next year. Which you uh, which cannot find mentioned. anywhere. And we <laughs> you can't find it. And we mentioned it on um, our Charlize episode, yeah. which you were on, yeah. Katie. Mm-hmm. And um, Noel, which is kind of a misguided Chaz Palminteri Christmas ensemble. Uh, and then Sahara, Sahara in 05. Which we covered yes. on our... Uh, one of... Is that biggest, McConaughey? Yeah. McConaughey, one of the biggest yeah. flops in the history of Hollywood. Oh, and yeah. That was like, that was a bad one. Yeah. A Clive Cussler adaptation. Um, that same year is our second movie, Chromophobia, which is written and directed by Martha Fiennes, sister to Rafe mm-hmm. and Joseph. And all Joseph. the Fiennes. Yeah. And, jo- and I feel like they had a Fiennes who was their composer that I see. Yeah. Yes, Mad- I believe. Magnus. 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 Yeah. Fiennes. Yeah, this movie premiered at Cannes. I know that. Like, I and then vanished. This movie. Um, <laughs> so, Katie, was it the, you? Did you bring up this? Would, 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 oh, I did. This one was so, my fault. No, so, wait, but hang on. Can I say something? What's funny when you brought it up, Katie? I was happy you did because, and this is just such a memory. Back in the day, kids, you would go to Netflix and to get DVDs, and yep. went, and my mom and dad would do it a lot. And I would utilize it as well when I was a younger person. And chromophobia was on my mom's like wait list or like wanted to watch or was like down the line because you would have the like, you'd have your like, oh, list I forgot of movies. about that. Yeah. And she, I guess, had read about it or I don't know, maybe the Martha Fines of it all. She like had always wanted to watch it. I don't know if she ever got the DVD. I should ask her. But I always remember seeing it there and it always looked interesting to me because of all the actors in it, Martha <laughs> Fines and everything. And so I, but I never watched it. So when you brought it up, I was like, oh yeah, chromophobia. Like I've always meant to watch this. Now I have a theory about why your mom didn't get to watch that movie for so long. I feel like somebody had it in their house, in their possession. <laughs> because when you had those discs, you would exactly. sometimes have a disc for months. Yeah. Years. We, we, yeah. Oh, we held on to some discs for so long because you're just like, uh, not tonight. Like, uh, like not the tonight. subtitle ones sometimes like just waited forever. We had some beautiful classic like Japanese films that waited forever because I couldn't work to them. Sure. And so yeah. we were just like, yep, no, gotta wait. So I feel like somebody had chromophobia on their dusty <laughs> DVD player for like seven months and your mom did not Julie Mecca never got it. I know that, or I just want to meet the one person who was like, I can't let this go. It's like my favorite, it was like their movie. favorite movie of all time or oh something. God. But so Katie, what about it made you like, was it just like its placement in her career or her filmography or um, like, what about it made you go, Ooh, this one. It, I think it was the fact that I had no memory of it whatsoever. Yeah, which sure. surprised yeah, me because there. the cast is crazy. It's like it's Kristen C- Scott Thomas reuniting with Ray Fiennes. Um, it is uh, it is Damian Lewis. It is um, Ben Chaplin. Ben, ben Chaplin, who yeah. was really good in it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, like he's ben actually Cha- very prime good in Ben movie. Chaplin. Yeah. Um, and like, uh, let's see, uh, Reese Fonz, yep, Penelope right. Cruz, obviously, and like this giant cast of all stars, like upper crusty kind of all stars playing rich people. Ian Holm. And I, Ian Holm. Oh, Ian oh, Holm, yeah, right? Yeah, yep, yep, and yep. I was like, why do I never like? It was one of those things where you feel like you've fallen into a, a like an Earth Two, where all the movies are slightly different. Sure, you sure. know, or it's, it's like, like a last action here. It's like a movie within a movie, right? Like this poster. Yeah, is like on so the wall Stallone is the Terminator a... because yeah. like everything is just different here. And I was like, did I miss an Altman? Because yeah. it's set up like an like a British it, Altman. Yeah, shortcuts. Yeah. yeah, it is of that 
So I just, well, it's just and, because I had no memory of it. And, and Connor, like, these are the treasures we're supposed and to And Connor surface. put it so well when he was watching it. He, he, te- he texted me or something. What was in the water with all of these shortcut-esque movies? Yeah, I mean, Crash, one won Best Picture. Crash. Yeah, Crash. What it, Crash Katie, what is garbage. Babble. We're, like, Katie, we're so apart sometimes. Sometimes it feels like we just need to crash into each other <laughs> just to feel something. Oh my I believe that is a line in that film. Uh, right? uh, what a horrible movie that was. That movie should have... If it did Let not put the something. nail in the coffee of this, a coffin of this genre, it really should have. Let me tell you, a movie that I, at the time, I was in high school, thought was just <laughs> sacrosanct. I was like... This movie's saying it. This movie is saying what we're all thinking. I saw it with my friends. I was like, guys, <laughs> preach the gospel of Crash. You don't even get it. Like, this movie Oh, my God. Is say- and then, you know, obviously, my opinion has changed in over I, the years. It, that movie but. had all of the subtlety of, like, a dare visit from, like, the, you know, yeah. from the local cop. Like, like it, it was it was a dare program of them. Now, say this. <laughs> Matt, now, I, I do, there are parts about Crash I defend in the sense of, like, Matt Dillon got the one acting nomination in the movie, and I do think he is really, really, really good in the movie. Yeah, and it's a, it's a very, like, you know, he plays a racist cop. Right. And I think his his interpretation of it is actually, you know, pretty prescient. Like 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 sure. I hate you don't have, we don't need to go down this road too far, but like Oh yeah, but no, he if, he he should not and did not pull any punches and that was the correct Exactly. Move. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's that's my yeah. thought on that. So, but yeah, anyway. So so that being the era of, of this right. kind of movie so chromophobia <laughs> is basically Babble. like penelope cruz is in like a side plot which i did not know most of it seems to be about Kristen scott thomas being adrift and rich yeah. deciding whether she wants a boob job and so yeah. there's lots of imagery of like like not subtle because chromophobia means fear of color and so there's a very washed out palette everything is very white and then all of a sudden there's like splashes of red, like her, her boisterous son is always wearing like a red t-shirt that looks like blood. And, you know, and like, so it's like color intruding on the spray everything. Spray paints and, orange on the oh outside my God, of the yeah. house. And yeah, oh yeah, that's yeah. Like my yeah. rabbit's name is yeah. whatever. Yeah. Right. Because she didn't pay attention to him. So basically it's a lot of like weird rich people problems. And then like halfway through you get to the most interesting plot, I guess, which is about the handling of a blind trust like that is the big event is like the handling of a blind trust and whether or not it was properly handled or whether it was not really blind at all like that's the big scandal and then yeah, all Damian over to the Lewis being yes. the one who's yeah Damien Lewis being the one who's like doing the, In the shady things he's been pressured by the law firm that he got a big promotion on to not like wink nudge let the person who had given in the blind trusts trust like let them see what was happening and basically let the guy manage a trust that isn't really blind yeah like, tr- low level and his, shit. and his oldest friend is a journalist yeah ben yes. chaplin and he tells ben chaplin everything yeah, yeah which i mean look my which thing is, is very stupid look damien like ben chaplin I guess like, we, can kinda, man. we can kind of yeah. spoil this movie ben chaplin has this guilt and i'm like ben yes why are yeah. you why do you yeah. feel guilty dude i know he's your friend but like he told you this. He didn't say no. Am I he wrong? didn't say off the it, record. Am I wrong? Is it not the prime minister's like blind? Or it's like a high level right. politician. Yeah, that's true. Is like it the is person a who's, high level politician. So that's why it's You're like correct. a huge deal, right? 
And well, that was back when we cared about that kind right, of Right. No, no, no. It, it feels Katie, so quaint. It feels thing. so quaint. I hate quaint. to say this, yeah. but I'm watching this movie. I'm like, who would care? These yeah, people do this every it. day. I mean, yeah. it's horrible. It, it should be. Well, this should be how it is. But, but when yeah. you think about it, like when Mitt Romney ran in 2012, that's when I learned really what a blind trust was because there was lots of talk about whether or not it was really blind and blah, blah, blah. Right, the Bane and stuff. And yeah. So yeah. people cared about that. And this was older than that. But we should say that like the Penelope Cruz part of it has nothing to do with this at all. Yeah, it's really weird. It is that she is playing a sort of, remember that movie Camille, the like old black and white, like. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I yeah. only know because it was in Annie, I think. And then like, so, so. She plays a stripper slash sometimes prostitute kind of who has cancer but refuses to get care because she has a daughter and she is a single mom. And you kind of understand that like, oh, she doesn't want to go to the doctor because cancer and so she'd rather, I guess, leave her daughter an orphan than get it checked out and leave her alone for a while. I don't know. But like Reese Ifans plays this, this new social worker who used to be a cop and he has been given apparently one client. It is Penelope Cruz, and he can devote all his time to her and, in fact, like get her care and watch her daughter and repair her house or apartment. And and so like all this stuff happens. And I am like three quarters of the way through her plot where I was like, wait a minute, aren't they in Britain? Don't they have nationalized medicine? <laughs> what is going on? Because I was like, in America, I totally get this. Like, you'd rather, I, like, so I, not I, I assumed it was like an immigration thing. That's like, she what didn't, didn't, she didn't she want to kind of be in the system. That's what, yeah. yeah. It okay. seemed like she didn't want to get on the books. Okay. Like, and then she'd get yeah. deported, and then and yeah. then her daughter would be alone. But, so, but she had no to be fair, they never say that. Like, she never really, like, expresses really. that as being the fear. <laughs> Which, when you think about it, is really a racist way to look at this. If you're like, oh, well, I mean, she's she's brownish, so like, of course, of <laughs> course, she's not really legal. Like, right. We don't have to say right. it, right? We don't have to say it. Just right. like, brownish. She, yeah. you, do you know? You so, know, yeah. right? Yeah. It was very. She's from she's from lower in the continent. You get it. This, you get this it. movie is called Chromophobia: Fear of Color, and I feel yeah. like in this plot, <laughs> we can argue. We can like yeah, a different phobia, yeah. a different phobia. Yeah, I mean, and we're just to just to say, um, so yeah, we have Damian Lewis. We mentioned Ben Chaplin. Ian Holm is Damian Lewis's father, who is a regular of Penelope Cruz. Yes, yeah, that's the connecting thread. Yeah. Damian yes. Lewis is married to Kristen Scott Thomas. Um, I'm from Poughkeepsie, New York. <laughs> Connor's from Orange County. So really, if you think about it, we're all connected. No, um, but no, yeah, like, no, no, that's true. Ian Holm had frequented the services yes, of her as of a stripper and, and, and is likely in spoilers or whatever, is likely he's in the fact father. the father, he's the father of, of her of, daughter. Yes. yes. Of the daughter. Yeah, yes. I, I, I thought that was pretty explicit. Yeah. At the very end is where it's like, oh no, yeah, this is right. like how it is. Yeah. But then, and so she She's forced to do a, like one last love scene with Ian Holm. This whole movie full of hotties, like, and she's got to <laughs> do the Ian she gets, Holm. She gets Bilbo Baggins. Um, oh man, it's yeah. Rough. Not even not even Alien Ian Holm. Not even Chariots of Fire Ian Holm. <laughs> no, no. You know? In two thousand five, Ian it, Holm. I mean, God bless. He's with, a good actor, but damn. With yeah, movies yeah, like yeah, this, yeah. I, I you you mentioned Dan like. We, you and I well, talked Bab- about Babel's another big one around this time. Yeah, right? yeah. Oh, and, and, right. And and you, we talked about how sure like what, um, you know what led to so many movies like this. And I think one of those things was you can put a lot of 
quote unquote movie stars in it, right? Because they're right, you can because pay them less and right. they work and less so, days. And so you're getting more bang for your buck that way. That makes perfect sense to me. That's fine. I think the other byproduct of a lot of movies like this, and I think that like this movie definitely feels like a, a result of it, is somebody putting together maybe one or two ideas in their head. And neither one of those ideas are enough for a full movie. And so they're like, yeah. you know what? What if I just made everybody connected somehow? And you're like, okay, I guess you could do that. Because this, the problem I have with this movie as one of these movies, like, like not even speaking to the subgenre or whatever, but like if you're making one of these movies, at least take the time and I'll, as whatever, as a comparison, I'll at least give Crash the benefit of this is like that movie is at the very least like, interconnected and intertwined and devotes a relatively equal amount of time to its various threads right yeah and this movie feels literally like three quarters of one movie and one quarter of another movie and then they're like i guess we'll connect them because like that's it's not enough true. for a whole movie and that really annoyed me and also can i say there is a i think a good reason maybe why we were getting these magnolia well sure because but yeah. that's Right, That's Boogie good... Nights and Bo Boogie Nights and Magnolia kind of I think they're such spark plugs. Sure. That you could see a lot of younger directors being like, Oh yeah, we could do that. And I do think, you know, I mean I'm just looking now and but it's like just learning so funny. the like, wrong 21, lessons from 21, it. Like, 21 grams. Yeah, you get you oh, get tra traffic is too is like another traffic. Yeah. No, but traffic was great though. No, 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 I'm, good. Not, I'm not saying no, they're all I, bad. You know what? I, I'm gonna say like I, that is not I I I actually think that there are a couple different types of movies that we're talking about here because in the one sense, Crash for all of its flaws is trying to tell the story of a city. And so you tell it from several different angles. And like sure. or in the story of a problem. Like yeah. if you're looking at racism in a city. And you got to take this piece and this piece and this piece and this piece. And you can't tell the story unless you do that. Traffic is like you can't tell the story of the drug of war drugs. and this right. in America unless you look at this story, this story, this story, sure. and this story. And sure. they're right. You can't. Yeah. Like, and then, you know, and but I, I think that this one really does feel more like Altman light because because those ones don't really make an argument. Like we're sometimes sure. it's like, okay, we're telling a story of like a class of people i if you could make an argument for why all of these people in this particular order i feel like it is probably about class it is probably sure. about like yeah. these are mostly rich yeah. people and then meanwhile over here here's somebody who truly has nothing and yeah. the art direction is all different and like all of the like problems are all different like everything you see about her is going to be different and she's like dangling off the end of this story but they didn't really pull it off at all it was a dismount that they <laughs> held yeah, their hands up at the end to look like they had landed stuck the landing but they didn't yeah, no it's it not bad. a great movie um it has no. to be said and not I a great role for p cruz not a great yeah. not a great role for no. penelope cruz i think ben chaplin comes out the best of everybody oh, maybe yeah. scott thomas is uh, kind of never bad i would say but no she's doing she's tough work role. yeah she's doing a like <laughs> tough role it's not her yeah fault. I, she was doing a <laughs> And I was like, oh, I remember that era of... Well, we didn't even mention Ray Vines is in this movie. Yeah, oh, no, we yeah. mentioned it. Did but we? Like, yeah, she Yeah, because he's it. reunited yeah. with Kristen Scott Thomas because they were in oh, the English patient together. Oh, you mentioned it. Yeah, yeah. But, his but old, we did not say... His, his we did not say his deal. We didn't mention it. Right, no. which is... The, which is a, I would argue great... the, the worst part of the movie because yeah. it's very yeah. like... You know, he's friend, He's a he's an art collector who you know, with some money you gather, who's friends with Kristen Scott Thomas and 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 will sometimes watch her son. And this crazy scenario takes place in which these like 
young toughs go into his apartment, beat him up, um, nearly kill him, rob him. The day before Chris and Scott Thomas's son was kind of innocently I, taking I, off his shirt in front of the webcam. Yeah. But no, but it <laughs> the all story connects. is this man is gay. And this man was sort of coming on to these students a yeah. little bit. Yes. You get the sense. I, you, there's a he he there's like they, he tells them stories because he's a substitute or not a substitute, but he's an art collector. Right. Yeah. Talk visiting. To class. Right. And he makes and like you get the sense that he makes eyes a little bit with these boys and then he invites them in. And there is absolutely <sighs> yeah. the yeah. air of a, this gay man ha- having kind of a pedophilic dalliance type and thing so that, with these okay. he recorded his Kristen Scott Thomas's kid like the kid goes in front of the webcam and the thing that is damning is that he saves it on a disc okay so he saves the disc and they yeah. have the disc and they discover the disc when he has been bludgeoned with one of his own art collecting what is art pieces but so and they don't really like it was it was but so here's but okay AF, but so really this was. is what's weird about okay f- i yes fine i i i get i think i read it a little less damning for the ray fines character but i'll say this the movie feels like it does because at the end chris has got thomas kind of reconciles with ray fines yeah it's like she does it's yeah it's not really treated it, so it, it doesn't kind really of amount a to the thing going on i just think that's well, that whole part of the movie is so it's, like weirdly handled. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, it real. That's the part where I felt the age of this movie the most. Agreed. Was where they were like, "Oh, it's a gay character who is rich and has this beautiful art collection. Of course, he's going to be slightly titillated by teenage boys who yeah. are going to take advantage yeah, of him." Yeah. It was. It had a real ick factor. I don't think I got the sense that they were saying he was molesting the the little son at all. Right, I didn't get right. that no, sense. No, no. But, but, sure. but he certainly but had a penchant for like cap. younger men. Yeah, for younger these kids boys. who are definitely yeah. like in like 15, 16, yeah. you get the sense. It's, it's the just kind the whole of, thing It's the kind of thing that well. like, you know, uh, pearl clutching people who make this shit up all the time would look at a movie like this and go, see, see, yeah. right? Like that. And, well, yeah. 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 It was, and, and you know, like, this was not a particularly. This didn't wasn't like a hard right wing movie at all. It was oh. like it was a left wing no, movie not. of anything yeah. you yeah. think. But like there was still those plot lines still lingered in the Miramaxy kind of things and Miramax light kind of things. They really did. Sure, yeah. sure. And in that same era, there was a sort of also kind of a hatred of a woman like Kristen Scott Thomas who also has money and is sort of pathologically now insecure and unhappy. So they she they presented her. As not particularly sympathetic. It was they oh, no. basically pre- presented her as somebody who needs to get over herself um, and not somebody who was like desperately unhappy in her marriage, it seems. Right. So like, right. I don't know. It was. Whatever. I felt so terrible for her. Like, I was just yeah. like, this poor I mean, <laughs> I felt bad for her, though. I do think, you know, you just spend time with your kid. Well, I mean, a little well, bit. Well, right. No, yeah. she was not that, a good person in this. with that. You know. Not at all. Yeah, she did. She was not a good person at all. And the, her big journey is like going from 
like yelling at the kid who just wanted her attention. Who he was also acting like a monster, but like she, he, the kid just wanted her attention till like, right. the end. Right. Her like yeah. playing with him or having some fun with him and like being a mom. And they're like, "Yay, she did it!" And I was like, "This is a weird, <laughs> it's a weird trajectory." It's all fixed, right? It's all yeah, fixed, there's a lot right? happening. In I'm, this one, I'm so. sad talking about this. I think we should go to the next one because this is making me depressed now. Like, <laughs> oh no! Yeah, it's, I mean, all you need to know uh, is Penelope Cruz plays a mother in it. That's all you need to know. It's it's just another one of <laughs> well, the in the list of Penelope Cruz playing a mom. We just talked for a long time about a movie that <laughs> she's a mom and she has cancer and yeah. she a has sex like, movie, worker mom. like movie cancer too. Like not even like any kind of very and specific. And several of these movies that we're talking about have these like bad I know. blonde the wigs, one, and this, this is one, one of them. The next one has a lot oh, of this. Oh, that, anyway, so, that was some bad wigs too. Some bad so, wigs. So, oh yeah. So so. There's a lot of movies in between. We won't talk about all of them, but I mean, basically, like, you know, Banditas, her and Salma Hayek connect. Kind of an interesting kind of neo western. Connor, I know you watched it for the first and time. Like I did. Real yeah. life besties. They're real good friends. They in are. Real life. Which is, and the other weird irony of that movie is that Salma Hayek plays a Spaniard and Penelope Cruz plays a Mexican. Um, really? Yeah. Which I did not just, see this. They just decided, like, I it, I gave it three stars on Letterboxd. Yeah, so did it I. Is like, I liked it. I like it fine. It, you know, I think if you're going to knock it outside of just general quality, like if you're going to knock it, obviously, maybe there's still some of that like fetishistic stuff that follows both of those women their whole careers, you know, yeah. which, you know, I mean, they are also like, I think either one or both of them are producers on the movie. So they're they're a party to it. It's I, you know. I think it comes off basically okay in that movie. Um, but I mean, this is it's basically harmless. It's a fun. This movie. is where, so like we talked about earlier, this is Volver in 06. She gets the nomination. Yeah. Um, she's first in an under Spanish, Amer first Spanish actress to get nominated. Really? The And the only one to win. To win. Yeah. Only wow. Spanish actress yeah. to be wild. nominated or win an Academy Award, which I learned today. That blew yeah. my mind. Yeah. yeah. So, so. Underrated movie the same year as Vicky Christina I'd recommend that could have been one of our movies is Elegy, uh, the Isabel Coyer movie, which is uh, based on The Dying Animal by Philip Roth. I would just say that's that's also an ensemble movie, actually, but I do recall it being very good and Penelope Cruz being very good in it. So I would just hmm. recommend that. Yeah, that, that, yeah, stacked cast for that one. Great huh? cast. Uh, Broken Embraces 09 we talked about. She's in nine the much maligned Rob Marshall adaptation of the Broadway musical that is also based on I couldn't bring my I couldn't bring myself to watch that uh, one if I'm being that honest. movie is <laughs> not great um Sex in the City 2 she's in that speaking of not amazing make that movies. money uh, okay Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides is maybe the worst movie I've ever seen <laughs> oh yeah that's um, bad and I'm I'm just saying that okay it was Rob, bad Rob yeah. Marshall also directed that Rob Marshall, uh, Chicago, I like. Uh, we'll leave it there. Um, <laughs> okay. She's in another Woody movie, to, to Rome with Love, which is not a strong Woody. I, I am a big fan of Woody Allen's movies uh, in general. To Rome with Love, not a good one. Um, that same year, premiering at the Toronto Film Festival, is a movie called Twice Born. Which kind of like chromophobia, like you wouldn't really know it. It's a festival movie. It didn't really open. I had never, I had no memory of this one either. And I was like, I was like, that was 2012. That was not forever. 10 years later. I think later. I only knew it because I think I was at the Toronto Film. Like, I think I only knew uh -huh. it just because I knew it 
in the festival space. Yeah, Dan, did, were you the one that picked this one? Did you kind of call this one out? No, I think... Now this is I don't know. Okay. I think I was like, sorry. I basically was just like, here, it, here but I want to watch it. Does it have a cast that I should have heard of this? Sure. Would sure. this have been yeah, direct yeah. to DVD in another world? No, I mean, it counts. Like, I feel like this is what we got to talk about. Yeah. Like, we just like surface the unknowns that you're like, why is this in my Amazon queue? Like, why is this here? But I, yeah. so this is a movie. I mean, look, this is uh, what I like about us talking about this movie, not unlike the other two, is like, this is a movie about the Bosnian War. I mean, I think that's interesting. You know, just in terms of there haven't been a whole lot of movies that had at that have at least permeated the culture, sure, especially in this country, about these these types of wars, right? Where you like, you know, when the Ukraine, when Russia invades Ukraine, too often you get these takes from people who are like, Never in this much time has this type of thing happened, and it really it denigrates and over and like ignores these like very real serious conflicts that have happened in like quote unquote smaller countries that are kind yeah. of just ignored, right? And I think this is a good example of like, you know, the Bosnian War is a real thing that happened, right? It was a, a very kind of scary, right in the middle of the nineties, right? Clinton was president. Um, uh, and this movie's set in Sar- Sarajevo. Um, what I do love is they use the Max Richter song Sarajevo, which I well, think did is he just... not compose that no, for this? Am I making no? Because because Memory House came out is the album Memory House came out in oh two. Oh, okay. And it's been in many other things. Yeah, obviously, yeah, it's a yes. beautiful piece of music. Yeah. I just love I love that the director Sergio uh, Castellito was like, you know what. Got we got to use it. We're it. in Sarajevo. Call Max. <laughs> we got to use it. Yeah. So basically, the quick plot for this movie is a little bit harder to be quick about this, but Gemma is Penelope Cruz's character. She's with her um, kind of older teenage son, Pietro. They've just landed in Sarajevo. They connect with um, Goiko, who's Adnan Haskovic, who is a Bosnian actor, and um, Gemma and Goiko know each other forever. And Gemma wants to show Pietro kind of where she's from, right? Where her, where his father was, where like they met, right? So mm. the father's not in the picture you gather. And then pretty quickly, the majority of the movie is told in flashback. And the father is Diego, played by Emil Hirsch. And it's basically about the romance that happens between Diego and Gemma in the days weeks months leading up to what will then become and escalate into the bosnian war in the early 90s uh diego's a photographer who gets wrapped up in the cause um and that's the movie without getting too far into it you know a lot of it has to do with like pietro's actual lineage right like the you know elements that led to diego disconnecting with Gemma there's other characters Aska by Sajik Atskoy is an important part of the movie they, they have a lot of I mean they do have a lot of like Bosnian actors um, they do and it and um, Mira Furlan is in it who people might remember as Rousseau in Lost who is also um, from right. Sarajevo and I did right. not know that um, 
I actually I actually agree with you. I don't think it's worth spoiling this movie too much because I feel like there were stretches of this movie where I was like, oh, this is kind of a good movie. And then at the end, I realized that this was, in fact, an Italian director. This is not an American movie. And I was like, that makes sense because the way they told the story, it's rambly in places. It goes into some weird territory. You do find out early on that... Um, Penelope Cruz's character cannot bear children. Sure, like that's what you on, find you out. Find that, yeah, and so true. it goes into like a really, like a really deeply felt infertility plot for like a while. Yeah, yes. For like a while. And then there's the backdrop of the war and then the war part like picks up and everything. And, well, and also yeah. Diego being Diego being younger, right? And the fact that like, young, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, he, he has more younger. life to live and she can't have kids and kind of her biological clock right that was all to me that's that all of that is is incredibly interesting and i do think emil hirsch is one of those actors who um can be very good i think he can also be very bad i think when he's good he's great um yeah maybe not unlike a nicholas cage to a lesser degree i think emil hirsch obviously has ruffled feathers in his career and is at a place now where He's kind of not making maybe the biggest movies he can make. He's obviously been embroiled in some, you know, things and, you know, abuse yes. charges and stuff. So so that's a whole different thing. But this is 10 years ago. This is kind of more in the pocket of when he's kind of, kind of still up and coming to some degree. This is five years after Into the Wild, right? Whatever. Right. And so I like him here. I think Penelope Cruz is very good. I do think there's some, like, aesthetic limitations that hurt the movie, like, all the oh, old yeah. age makeup, all the yeah. wigs. Yeah, it should be it should be said that when you fir- the first shot of this movie, well, I mean, after like the the quote unquote credit sequence was just just like the words of the title coming up off the water. Right. Which, yes, yes. They yes, also yes. echo at the end yeah. where I laughed out loud. It was just like a very silly way to like reveal the title. But like the first shot of her, you're like, oh, because she is in older deep yeah. old age makeup, playing somebody maybe fifty, and right now. In the year she's 2022, right now. she's yeah. 48, <laughs> and we're going to get to her in the 355, where she looks 20 years younger yeah. than the character that is playing. Well, like, it was like, oh, you looks, guys missed the mark on, you guys missed the mark on how this woman we're is going to age. Talk about how, like, four of the most beautiful people who've ever lived are, like, but, the the cast of the 355. Yeah. Anyway, I, we'll, we'll get there. We'll, yeah. we'll get there. But, like, the, their guess as to what she was going to look like as the mother <laughs> way, of way um, an older teenager was I just, way I off just the watched mark. Parallel Mothers. I just watched no, it. I'm unkind. like, no. Yeah, the, m- maybe she's got, like, some wrinkles in her eyes now or oh, whatever. Man. But, like... Bad wigs. Yeah. Ugh. Terrible. And, like, I I will say a couple things that help give me context also. This is not the first movie she, movie she did with Sergio Castellito, who also played her, the, her second husband in this. Like, the cop yeah. who kind of, like, like he plays that. But, like, who she, you get the sense she doesn't really love, but he, like, helped her out when she needed it. Right. Um, so she also did a movie with him called Don't Move, a melodrama that sounded real, uh, melodramatic um that she had done in like 2000 is that the one she learned italian for yes it is the one she learned italian for so she has played italian before she's played italian for this guy before so i did feel like there was kind of a level of trust that you sensed even though this movie Uh. goes to some weird places there's a whole turn where you think Emil Hirsch is being like really horrible and then he's not really being really horrible, but he is being unfaithful. And you're just like, it's, it's, and, and they refuse to make any kind of moral judgments about it really, which I thought was okay. But like, it was nice, even though this movie was real weird to see 
some her allowed to be kind of like silly and wrong in places and just like like she got to be kind of a weirdo in places yeah, and sure. i thought and i appreciated that it's definitely of, of these four movies the most felt performance Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like her best performance of these four. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think the bar is kind of unfortunately a little low in terms of these four. So but well, she's also this is more her movie than any of the other three, you know, sure. that we're going to talk. Maybe Corelli, mm-hmm. you could argue, but like, no, you know. you're right. No, this yeah. is she's the lead of this movie. Yeah. yeah. There are some weird parallels to Corelli, including like a couple of shots that are almost identical yeah. because they're both wartime, albeit separated by a generation yeah but there's a scene in both where she basically is running alone into the rubble of an active battle to look for her man it happened two times and also in the same in each of these movies she has a father who is conspiring to get to hook her up with her main love interest because in captain corelli like john hurt is there like she's got a perfectly good fiance she's got his ring and everything and he doesn't like madras maybe it's the whole like being because he's a doctor i just can't read i think he says he's poor yeah he's He's poor yeah Yeah. so like he actively plots to let corelli like slide in there and then in the second one she's basically she meets this kid has a fling with him he it gets real rapey real fast yeah where she I has a flea, where she's really... like no and he's like he like pulls her jeans off in like one move and literally like, no, she no, i don't like it the almost the only that word she utters in that entire scene repeatedly is the word no it's no it is Correct. rough it's no. yeah no I... it's rough but then like i guess but then i just hit my microphone i hope that wasn't too loud um so yeah like he <laughs> But but I guess he wins he wins her for this moment. But then he's going to go this way. She's going to go that way. She's married. She's married yes. when that happens. Yeah, she is married. But yeah. she you get home and you and she has like one tiny scene with her husband. And then in the next scene, she's basically divorced. And her dad's like, guess who I invited over? And then Emil shows up looking filthy, yeah. appropriately filthy, filthy on a looks motorcycle. Like a stinky boy. He looks like he has actually been riding a motorcycle for twelve days, <laughs> which he probably I think supposedly he has. And he, and her dad's like, yeah, come on in. And she's like, what? you invited my what like yeah it was real strange both with strange parallels against the backdrop of wars (laughs) and carnage yeah i think i i don't i didn't exactly know the background of this movie in terms of i'm not sure if it was like based on anything the Um, book that his that the director's wife wrote oh okay that's what it's based that explains a couple things um yep it just i think this movie has like too too many threads for my taste i think that's its biggest failing because i to your point earlier dan like i think there's some aesthetic things going on that sometimes work mostly don't but occasionally work and i think at, at the very least the two lead performances are pretty good and i think again pieces of it on paper i think work really well i just think it it just tries to do so much and uh i mean it doesn't get well reviewed when it comes out and it kind of gets buried by i mean look the thing about i'm no expert of awards or festival kind of trends but i will say i think i know enough to know like one of the risks you run opening in toronto is Toronto this in these last 20 years last 15 20 years is a big harbinger of you know the award season so you're going to be up against big boys and girls right when it comes yeah. to those movies so if you're twice born and you're maybe not you know 
you're a little messy, you're a little small. That's exactly the type of movie that's going to kind of get maybe rocked a little harder than maybe it should be because you're not, you know, the King's Speech, you know, or something where it's like that's going to premiere and it's going to play perfectly to the audience and it's going to go on or what have you. So I think it maybe suffered from that and just and it never really opened. And that's probably a shame because I do, like I said, I agree with what you said, Connor, but I do like the subject matter. I do think Cruz is good in it. Um, and and the woman who plays like eventually somebody who gets involved in a surrogacy plot is wonderful and did not do a lot like the one who's like Oscar or whatever I don't the know Oscar yeah, um, yeah 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 Oscar she was great like she was like I agree a, she did great. she doesn't really act I was looking her up you're right she yeah, hasn't she's a made Turkish a whole actress. lot yeah. yeah Turkish okay yeah um, she, she she hasn't made a whole wonderful. lot and yeah, I do and think she's good and she's great and and you know there's a well I guess without spoiling it there's a very powerful kind of final couple scenes and i do think her eyes are just like they do a lot yeah i mean <laughs> let's, let's say that, let's say that like the movie definitely does not pull its punches in terms of the horrors of war oh that's sure. yeah. Yeah. yeah and they the yeah and i know i know that's not the scenes you were talking necessarily but like i was struck by as a war movie i thought it was a very arresting portrayal of a war that you're right we do not talk about very often and it, and it felt especially spooky being in the middle of a, you know the war that ukraine is is dealing with yeah. like and you're right the, the you're right about that I, the, I was struck by there's a moment where goiko is talking and he's basically like they no one will ever invade sarajevo right he's like very like flipping about it and right. i did like that i did like that being in the movie because it does reflect this thing that I don't think is necessarily reflected on enough in war films, which is like, it might seem silly in hindsight, but sometimes those things sneak up on you, right? And I think the movie does do a good job of a little bit capturing all of a sudden they're in a war zone and they can't leave and they're wearing these like, you know, know, bullet, prove vests that are translucent you know that are like um not translucent that are uh, what's it called like they're like a specific color to like designate camouflage are. Oh, 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 oh oh not yeah, camouflage yeah. she's got it's like a light, it's like yeah they're like color coded like yeah. the light blue vest she has on and all of a sudden like there's no food coming in and they're like fine yeah. that happens in a way in this movie that i did think was different and from what i know of these things which is not a lot felt accurate right where it was mm. just kind of like Oh, all of a sudden, here and, we are. And know? even if it's not necessarily accurate to wartime, it certainly feels accurate to just the way life unfolds. I mean, even with like the pandemic, right? Like, yeah. you know, you think back true. to like fe- yeah, February 2020, you're kind of hearing about it. You're like, yeah, we'll, it'll, we'll be fine though, right? Like, it's we'll not going to be a thing. Yeah. And, and we just didn't know, right? Like, so it sounds like, I mean, I feel like if we, they had a war movie that had all of those European actors. And I mean, like the, the, you know, the Bosnian actors and the Turkish actors and everything, you could make a whole movie like that. And I would watch that movie and it'd be really interesting. Sure. You could do an infertility movie with Penelope Cruz and Emile Hirsch. Like, and I'm like, oh, that's an, a pairing I would not have expected at all. But yeah. I'm, but I'm intrigued by it. It almost some, feels like, like it could be an Almodovar movie. That whole, yeah, that almost. whole subplot then, could, could and totally then there's be like one. A, and then there's the thing with her son and everything. And then there's some stuff that feels a little like movie of the week cheap. Sure. But like two of the three movies that this is are pretty good. Agreed. But agree. it is yeah. ultimately three movies a little bit sloppily overlaid and the right. the 
you're right. The production value is not high enough to like patch over some of the holes, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, but I think I'm happy we watched this. This was definitely, I think, of the four, the one I'm going to remember the most. Um, yeah. So, you know, Penelope Cruz, she obviously from here, you know, it's still huge. She's in The Counselor, which is a movie I personally absolutely love. Uh, speaking of Cormac McCarthy, funny enough, it's another Cormac McCarthy. That's her second and it's a Cormac McCarthy. And it's a Vanilla Sky reunion. A vanilla with, Sky uh, reunion, of course. With Cameron Diaz. Which um, I don't believe she doesn't actually ever share a scene with. In either movie. I don't know. She does. Sometimes in, they switch she, out. People. She does in, in The Counselor. <laughs> okay. She uh, does? Yeah, yeah. They have a whole scene. Where, oh, and she yeah. technically has a scene of an old sky because she says the line. Oh. She looks like the saddest mm. girl to ever hold a martini. No, no, no. But I'm saying they never have. They actually have a conversation in The Counselor. Or I'm just saying they look happens. at each other. And, yeah. Yeah. In the same room. The, the, the party, Spielberg yeah, the party was there. with Steven Spielberg. <laughs> But I love, I love, the, I love, love, love the counselor. I know it's a, it's a divisive movie, but whatever. It's great. It's a masterpiece. Anyway, um, she's in Zoolander two, a truly misguided picture, and Indeed. she looks so incredibly lost in that movie. I don't know if either of you have seen Zoolander two, but like, it is like that is one of the strangest. Like she's in it. She's a spy. It's like. Obviously, Penelope Cruz can be funny. It's just none of it that, works. There's like two th very funny scenes with Kyle Mooney in that movie, but that's the other thing, than that, it's a very misguided sequel. I put this on Twitter a few uh, weeks, a couple weeks ago, I guess. As of as of this releasing, it'll be a month or so. But that th this whole string of episodes we've done has been a theme for me of like really actors who are very funny, not being allowed to be funny you know because we had taylor kitsch who we met you know when we did um when we did uh why can't i think of the movie now? the grand seduction the grand seduction thank you and he's very funny in that and it's he's allowed to exercise sort of maybe a certain thing that he never really got to yeah. in, in many avenues and obviously we talked about it at length with katie walsh about val kilmer how Kilmer kind of push, pushed away against being a clown, but it it sort of tragically is one of the things he's uh, he is best at. Yeah, know. and we talked about he finally embraced it again in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang 20 years later. Yeah, and it's to, and it to, kind of being a shame he didn't he do, didn't that, do that more often. And I think you just mentioned Zoolander 2 and we earlier briefly kind of talked about Banditas, but like that was the thing I picked up with her too. That really just bums me out. Is she? Well, and also same year she's in Grimsby. Yeah, right. And so it's, it's, she's doing. She's she's clearly deciding. Let me try this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just, uh, yeah. So maybe that's maybe that's a little unfair of me to say in regards to you know maybe she has. Well, a, I think she obviously has a choice in all this. Well, I just do think I I wish I could get to see her be funny more because I do think I, she's really good at it. Is all I'm trying. And to then say. look, this is where I think you get into like Pedro Almodovar does this thing that nobody else does, which is like she can be very funny in those movies, but those movies also have every tone Imagine, you can have. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's yeah. what makes Almodovar like one of our well, great it, artists is because so. You know, what she's doing in his movies, along with most of the actors in his movies, Antonio Banderas. Look, Antonio Banderas, for God's sakes, yeah. is the parallels between Penelope Cruz's career yeah. and Banderas' yeah. career in terms of what we're talking about, which is like big overseas, 
incredibly good looking people, incredibly charismatic people. They are brought in and are just misused yeah. like for years yeah. and then finally find a niche and then and then exploit it and expand upon it. And they both have had 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 plenty of success over time. But like you're just not gonna get that Olma Devar thing by any director in America, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, like no, it's just not going to play the same way it's to just, American audiences. I, and a part of it too is that, you know, I'm not even saying she necessarily needs to be like throwing jokes left and right or whatever. It's like, cause like you watch her performance in Volver. I think that's one of the funny. funniest, that's one of the funniest Very performances funny. I've yeah. seen in an Almodovar movie. Like it's, and it's all like, it's not that she's playing it straight, but it's all just underneath an exterior of yeah, it's relatable, extreme it's, caution it's, and seriousness yeah. and, and all this stuff. And it's amazing. And even, um, cause even to a degree in, uh, well, she's a laugh. We should say she's a laugh riot in the three, five, five. <laughs> I mean, just, Oh, just a million jokes. Yeah. She's oh, just no. You want to you want to actually talk about a movie that that wh whose uh, whose production cannot smooth over the problems that it has or whatever. Oh boy, that is I, that is this picture. It, um, is that us transitioning? To yeah, talking about well, this yeah. Movie? I mean, yeah. I mean, we, oh, yeah. I think I think. Look, here's the deal. All right, so three five. five. <laughs> now, first of all. This, is, this might start. be the most recent movie we've, we've th ever like, done in terms of the release of a film and us talking about it. I think, I, we know. did a yeah, we did a pretty recent Charlize one, but I don't think it like when we did that episode. But I think it was still like at I think least we know we did, Katie. I think it was the last face. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Or wait. Or no. Uh, maybe I saw the last face. It was and like, I, we mentioned it. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe. that was recent. But it was this, another this was one. very yeah. We're talking super recent. A B side that you can actually get on Netflix that it might actually recommend to you. It, like and just like surface to the point where you can rent, you have to rent this movie to watch it. Right. Unless I think you have Peacock. I think that's, yeah, the it's only, on Peacock. Yeah. yeah. But, it, but, we but saw if, it on Peacock, if yeah. you're getting home, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but if you're, <laughs> but if, you, but if you're, many. if you're looking for this movie, you know, if you go to Amazon or whatever, it, it is recent enough to say that it is like a $6 rental, right? It's not, yes, it's, yes, it's, yes, it's, yes, it's, it's, so it's good uh, point that I do think is kind of interesting, but, um, yeah, it's so, Oh, dark places. Yeah. That was the one that was, oh, the, okay. I think is what there you're talking is. about. Okay. Is that the I satanic just, I, panic I had, one? Uh, yeah. Right? I had yeah. to look it up. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. uh, Gillian, Gillian, Gillian Flynn. I, um, oh, right. So I, I have to say, I remember seeing the poster for the three, five, five. Sure. And I was like, what? Where did this movie, did come this from. come out not already? Worst, How did no, I miss I'm looking the, at it right now. Not the worst look, poster. It's kind of a cool look poster. At the, well, no, no. Not, not only was it not the worst poster, but I was like, look at that cast. Yeah. How have I missed this? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's the secret. Ma Chastain, that's the magic trick to this movie. That it doesn't Diane Kruger. Pull off. Lupita Nyong'o. Yeah. Fan Bingbing, who is like China's biggest female oh, yeah. star and by stunning. a while. Yeah. 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 And uh, who am I forgetting? Um. Well, Chastain yeah, like, is the... No, I said Chastain. Oh, okay. I started with yeah, yeah. Cruz, yeah, so... Cru Cruz, Kruger, Nyong'o. Yeah. 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 And but, the, yeah. but then even rounding out the supporting cast, you have Sebastian Stan and Edgar Ramirez. And, yep. you know, so, yeah, so you've got... Um... Yeah. 
uh, uh, something of a reunion between Penelope Cruz and Edgar Ramirez, who, of course, did the assassination of Gianni Versace together, which was yeah. where they were and, both unstoppably yeah. good. They're, and the they're both Wasp good. Network. And Wasp Network, yeah. yeah. So they've which been I started a lot to watch recently. today and did not finish. Me too, me too, me too. Yep. <laughs> I did not finish it. Can I, uh, well, we'll get into it a little bit, but I, they have a handful of exchanges, and I mentioned this to you, Dan, when I was watching it last night, that... I was like, oh, I would watch this movie. Um, Yep. But we'll get we'll get to it. You are Uh, right. Well, what's Connor? Tell us the plot of the three five five. Yeah. So basically, it's it is for all of its window dressing of female empowerment. It is at in its bones a very standard spy thriller. There is a sort of magical black box device that can seemingly do every terrible thing you can conceive of via the internet or some kind of network. Uh, this movie likes to use it to crash planes, which admittedly terrifying. Yeah. Uh, so it, I will yeah. say that is like, there is a moment on the news where they crash like six planes and you're just like watching it happen. I'm like, yeah, what? I don't know that. That Doesn't that happen horrible. like more than once? They like they're just like yeah. planes so, are falling well, out of the to, sky like at least to twice. Introdu- so the movie opens in Colombia, where uh, Jason Fleming, who I not to be mean, my boy got some city miles on him since the last time got, I saw he got, him. He I, got a little old. He got. I a little just old. was I, to the point where I was like, that guy looks like Jason Fleming, and I was like, oh wait. Uh, but I what, always think of Jason yeah. Fleming and Reese Vaughn's in like a similar. Pastiche. Yeah, they could so be really. They should be brothers like, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, he's he's sort of the ultimate villain of the film, and he is trying to acquire this sort of heart, your magical hard drive. Yeah, the that, Maltese box. Yes, the Maltese box. <laughs> the Maltese you, box. That, so that does all these terrible things. And this is honestly, this is also like what I imagine like the rabbit's foot is in, oh, in like, it's, it's that kind of thing. Like, it's just like meant yeah. to just be like, what's the worst thing you can imagine? And that's what this thing is. Um, anyway, so Jason Fleming is trying to acquire it and he goes and the person he is buying it from in Colombia is sort of they, they do a little test run with it and they crash a cargo plane. So from from Jump Street, you get the sense of like, oh, yeah, this is bad. And the sort of Colombian intelligence agency that Edgar Ramirez and ultimately Penelope Cruz are a part of, they wind up kind of gumming up the works for Jason Fleming. And Edgar Ramirez gets his hands on this device, but he doesn't really know what he has. He just kind of knows that he has it and he knows it's important. Simultaneously, Sebastian Stan and uh, Jessica Chastain, who are CIA agents, go to Paris to ultimately kind of check this out and potentially sort of recover this thing. Meanwhile, Diane Kruger, who works for what is the name of the organization? I don't know. The German. It's, CIA. The, the German it's like the German, the German CIA. CIA. Yeah. Yeah. She works out of Berlin, basically. She winds up in Paris basically to do the same thing. Yeah. And they it all kind of comes together. Yeah, she like collides with yeah, the, the shit the shit hits the fan and basically Sebastian Stan winds up getting killed. The drive basically winds up almost in the wind, but Edgar Ramirez gets away with it and winds up back in his safe house hotel room where we are then introduced to Penelope Cruz who is his, she is basically a 
therapist, like a psych evaluator type person for yeah. for Colombian intelligence. Yeah. She's not a field. She's agent. not a field agent, which she will remind everybody of many, 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 so many times. times. So many, many times many that I was times. like, there is no way that she's, she's not the she's big bad. She's two things. She's I two was, yeah. I was so convinced that it, she was the big bad because she says so many point, times. You know, honestly, I was like, that, how is she not? Because it's this boring, like, she's like, I was a mom with two kids. Like, oh, wait, nobody she was else a, has She's a kids. mother? What? Yeah. What? She's a mother. <laughs> she's a with mother? a very devoted husband. Um, and she's like giving them instructions say, about what I to will. take to soccer practice. <laughs> Not unlike the plane scene, the scene with the families on well, the computer. Well, yeah, we'll get we'll get there because I will yeah, say this we'll movie that was this harrowing. movie has a, was like, has a handful yeah. of very brief moments where I was like where I sat up, you know, where I was like, yeah, yeah I was kind of sure. I was kind of lulling, and then like something would happen, I go, oh shit, like you did this thing, like yeah, definitely. okay, and that's so there's, yeah. there's a little. I, like you know, this we're not talking a zero stars movie here. It's not entirely without merit. It just isn't yeah. really a success. But sorry to get back to the Penelope Cruz of it all. Um, <laughs> so she is Edgar Ramirez's. You know, you get the idea handler. that she's been his his therapist and or handler, and she is sent into the field to kind of bring him in from the cold with this drive because she's somebody he can trust, right? And. Then we kind of cut away to the aftermath of this whole chase sequence that's ensued with Chastain and Kruger and Sebastian Stan getting killed and Chastain kind of getting brought in to be interrogated for that. And then we get back to the next day where Edgar Ramirez and Penelope Cruz have clearly been talking all night about like what he's going to do. He doesn't really know. And I that's the moment that I paused the movie and I messaged Dan and I was like, that's a movie. Give me that movie. Give me like the hotel room set movie with Edgar Ramirez and Penelope Cruz. And they're just trying to deal with this fucked up sort of spy situation. And it's a whole thing of them just talking through it. It's a fucking two hander. And it's basically like a one act play. And you get some awesome director to direct it. And maybe if you want to be nice, you end it with some sort of fun little scene to end it or whatever. But Anyway, that was the part where I was like, oh, there are like so many more interesting ideas floating in and out of this movie than the ones that it actually chooses to like really wrangle with. Because really all it decides to point. Yeah. All it really decides to wrangle with at the end of the, the day is like these characters as women insofar as they serve the movie's pop fem feminism kind of, but not like these women as humans. Like, oh, I, man. It, it, yeah. Does that make sense? I, I don't know. It, it should be it should be observed yeah. that believe like if I am not mistaken, um, Simon Kinberg also wrote Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there is a lot of Mr. and Mrs. Smith kind of angles on like here's where all the guns come from, and here's the what you know yeah, like yeah, they're very yeah. stylized. Like they are basically at some point all of the lady spies and their various organizations Lupita Nyong'o is from MI6 and da 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 she's the like best all, part of the movie actually she's absolutely the, the best the way, part she of the movie she commits very good in this movie no no she commits yeah. like hell to yeah. this movie although I will also say that Diane Kruger the best fight scenes like Diane Kruger handled he, the physicality I, of this I wish they were really shot well. I wish it was all shot and cut better though you know like that, well, I think that was my that's that, that's part of the biggest thing with this movie too and when well, we this, yeah, I mean, this was shot by Tim, this was shot by Tim Morris Jones, who also was that, like did like Snatch and Lock, Stock, Two, Two Smoking Barrels and everything. And you'll recognize some of that like 
fast, like, you know, like the shutter angle changes or yeah. like the, you know, the speed of it. And so there's like, oh, you know, fight and it's all of a sudden going really fast. But they had to cut around the fact that Jessica Chastain, who is the lead producer in this movie, because this is Freckle Films, yeah. cannot fight at all. No. And I'm glad she I, cannot fight. That's a good all. segue to one big point I wanted to make. And look. By and large, as an actress, I like Jessica Chastain. I got no real, yeah. I, I got no real problem with her. I think some, Oscar winner, Oscar, Oscar winner. winner. She's very talented. Uh, I don't always love her, but but generally speaking, she's okay in my book. That said, I don't she's think okay I, I don't book. think she is good in this movie, and no. I feel like she is at the center of what feels like a. Um, it feels like mandatory fun at a corporate retreat. That's how I would describe the chemistry in this movie. Like sure. everyone, everyone else, everyone else is is in for their own part. And I think individually, I think they all do fine jobs. Even Penelope, she doesn't have a lot to work with, but also she's one of our best working living actresses. So she, she man, all of these actresses manage, right? right? You can say the same and, thing for uh, Fan Bing Bing. Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. The... But when they're all together, which I'm convinced was rare, number one, in terms of like the way this yeah. movie was shot. Well, that's a whole nother. Yeah. yeah, I mean. It's but, like watching them uh, edit around Portia de Rossi's Arrested yeah. Development. Yeah. It's like yes. Arrested yeah. Development yeah, yeah, yeah. season four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but basically like it all feels like Chastain is really it's there's a lot of try hard energy. She's very much from her. that though. She is very much yeah, that. yeah. And it's and it feels like her really trying to wrangle everybody together and everyone else is just kind of like, look, I'm just here to like maybe do the occasional spy stuff and like take my paycheck and like I'm not I'm okay. Like we're fine. Like, and that's that's the whole energy that pervades this movie. And it that really is so accurate. It's a huge bummer because to your point, Katie, I think the magic trick of this movie is you look at it and you're like, whoa, you're, you're like, you're like, look at this murderer's row. Like, this is amazing. Like you could not in a million years, if you're, if someone's like, Hey, female led ensemble spy movie, you could not hope for a better cast. Like, j no, I mean, you, you literally it's, could not. It's amazing. I mean, it's incredible. No, it's what, yeah, truly. And it's the, like, into, like talent. Beauty, no, it's, diversity, it's, like just like yeah, in terms of just like it every feels, like it all feels like lightning in a bottle, but like without the lightning, like yeah, it yeah. right. It's it, like a dying moth in a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah like, and I, to to your point about that like Corbier retreat energy, which I'm just is going to be in my brain about this forever now. <laughs> um, they all have they all go to nicknames really quick. Yeah, like Jessica Chastain's character's name is Mace, and I don't remember that short for it. It's Mace, and yeah. then like <laughs> Penelope Cruz's character is Graziella, which they all shortened to Grazi yeah. immediately. Yeah. I was like, she is a stranger. It's like yeah, who is only you here not, because you're not her, friends. Like you guys are not friends, and they but they have this like bonding moment where they're talking very loudly in a public bar yeah. about the secret spy shit they just yeah. did. That was so Even crazy. That was they are so still crazy. technically yeah. all working on their own because it was suggested to Jessica Chastain that she might try to do this on her own because like surprise yeah. her boss is involved and like blah 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 in the Maltese box everyone wants it and so they're talking <laughs> about this like this thing it's so loudly in this public place these women who especially Diane Kruger I think had like the her character is the one who's like friends with no one you know what yeah. I mean like yeah, she's like, like she's, she's got daddy issues she had, you she know what those are issues and she's, she's got like like she was you know she had to like turn in her dad and she's 15 she's and she the one this, like, that wears hoodies story. she wears she hoodies, wears hoodies you know but as, and she, like 
all the other characters at least make a stab at wearing some sensible shoes when they have to like jump onto different cargo ships yeah and there's a scene where jessica chastain like jumps and just about misses the full heels heels. yeah and i was like your only mission today was to do this yeah you didn't have to like show up it wasn't like later they go to an auction have to wear these like no that you could totally understand if she was like in fucking they have the requisite you're dressed in nice nice clothes so you have to fling off your heels you could do your thing i was like your only job was to show up and do this yeah why did you wear these work these these boots that you would go and be an advertising agent yeah like in the same in the same scene lupita nyong'o bless her is doing the same shit but she's got like running shoes she's, on and you're like she's yeah got she understood yeah she's got some cool she sneakers. understood the assignment i don't know she did and i just but here <laughs> the thing that like that fake woman girl power stuff that or that was never earned yeah never showed up more strongly like like there's a nickname so there's this and that but there's the brutal scene you were talking about where basically everyone's got a loved one on the hook yeah and not all will make it yeah not all will make it uh, truly shocking and and you know who sells it because she's the best part of the movie lupita Uh, Lupita. is so good lupita is in is just in tears and they do this thing where she starts typing after she's watched this horrifying murder that she was only like she didn't want to come here in the first place just because Chastain <laughs> has convinced everybody yeah, to like come yeah. along and, and like here it's only gonna be a couple days this can be the thing you love to do well don't you want to be back in the and she's feel like, like no she's like too mad never this is- has really like a reckoning with a lot of that she stuff never- like no like, not no, even, there's not even the a scene opposite. where like because no that- it is the opposite yeah. she listen listen to what I'm saying <laughs> yeah, yeah, I she at some point she like I think Pen- Penelope Cruz, who is her, like her family has been endangered. She, she yeah. did not want to be a part of this at all. Like Jessica Chastain apologizes to her, never really apologized to Lupita, who she yeah. directly caused this suffering to. Right. Like and and Lu- and 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 Penelope Cruz says, you don't have to apologize. You didn't do this. He did this. Why do we always do that? Why yeah. do we always say that we're so I was like, well, bitch, because like she definitely messed this mission up a few different ways yeah. and never apologized to Lupita not it's once. A, it's directly a weird, your fault, lady. And that's the pop, that's the pop feminism of it all, because it's like it yeah. wants it wants its moment to be able to have that platitude, but like never actually allows Jessica Chastain to be human enough to like be wrong. Like or anybody else to call around. Yeah, yeah. It was it's, it's a very, it's very weird. And like, it, oh yeah, terrible. And I just, I and I think I could for, I think I could forgive that because again, it by that point in the movie, like we're near the end of the movie at that point, and yeah, I think the fact that all of this has kind of rang as a as a bit of a gimmick, as a bit of like window dressing. I feel like that's already apparent and I think I could have forgiven the movie for it if it was actually like a technically proficient action movie like with something to offer in like those departments and I think that's it's that's like it's it's second biggest failing you know like it's not even that it's like a quote-unquote feminist movie with like bad feminism it's also that it's like a quote-unquote action movie with like bad action like you know very inconsistent shooting from these women sometimes they were like so good that you could like that you could hit a cable so that a lamp would fall (laughs) she was not afraid she wanted she didn't shoot the person but she shot the cable so that the light fell down at some point she was like Jessica Chastain is a dead shot and then there's a scene with all the container ships and she can't hit the bronze of a barn like (laughs) brought nothing in your way two guys in a boat speeding away that's what did it she was just like miss 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 i was like uh 
Yeah. And, and guys, not we have to. I mean, the title. Oh, oh. yeah. Like uh, the title is just a bad title. I'm sorry. It's a, it's bad, a bad title. Title. It's a bad title. It's a bad title. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, this could not the, yeah. be the title of this movie. No, like, so because you're probably wondering why it's called the three five five. I mean, maybe the, uh, it's. It's I a, did it's, not care it's about the time they told me. It's a reference to like a spy, right? From George from Washington. Washington. Yeah. War. the first yeah. female spy in the yeah. Was right. her designation was three five five because they so didn't like, want to give her a name. Yeah. So like the name of their group haphazardly, kind not of, even haphazardly. Oh. She like actively chooses like Jessica Chastain chooses Chastain it for does. them. Yeah. Uh, but like, but there's I, no vote. It's like if I'm Penelope <laughs> Cruz, I'm like, oh no 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 yeah right well, no. that's. And also, like, can I say, because we have, look, you mentioned that Sebastian Stan dies early in the movie. Yeah, I mean, whatever, sure. we could. But we should say just... that Sebastian Stan dies off camera and yeah. there's no body yes. early so in the movie. Right, right. Do with that information what you will. <laughs> yeah. And, he, yeah, and he's will. also Sebastian Stan yeah. in this movie. Right, yeah, 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 post right, right, Winter right. Soldier and everything. Indeed. So like, Indeed. Yeah, so, so figure it out. And like, so later there's a scene where everybody kind of coalesces. And it's exceedingly dangerous for them because they're all basically wanted in their own countries. They're still kind of out on the right. cold, but like they've got this sort of secret, like they're going to do some stuff together, maybe sort of sometimes. And like they all show up in the same location. For what? Yeah. They had right. like four of the five people standing there did not have to be there at all. Yeah. But they all show up in broad daylight together for just... For no reason, and, just and, to have the image, and look, just to get them all together. If I'm going to be truly fair, to, I'll be fair to this movie. They can be bad spies because, look, some of the best spy f franchises in the history of Hollywood have every Ethan Hunt, terrible spy. James Bond, terrible spy. Right. Like, I, I don't that stuff. You know, you can nitpick it all day and fine. But again, the problem is like this movie isn't good enough in the departments that it needs to be good in to get you to be like, yeah, whatever. Let them be bad spies. It's fun. Like to to latch on to to be like, oh, why are you focusing on this? Everything else is so good. Like, which is what I would say if somebody said that about like, like a James Bond movie or something. Right. Like it's funny because Chastain, who's a producer now of a lot of her stuff. Also produced that movie Ava, Ava which yeah. also kind of didn't really come out, which they yeah. shot in Boston. And she's a spy. It's kind of like a Bourne esque thing, and like Colin Farrell's her handler. It's like it's like a huge cast, similar like stacked cast. Barely came out. Tate Taylor directed it. Who directed The Help? Like right. all this stuff. And similarly, it's lacking in those departments. So it's funny you bring that up, just because that's Chastain as well. And I I wonder if she's kind of trying the action thing and maybe it's just not not going to hit the I way she the, wants. I, don't I think know. the smart move would have been to give everybody an actual more specific niche that that made sense cuz like so far uh Lupita is the only one that actually has like this is your skill set. This is why you are on the team, right? She's like the hacker, right? And yeah, there just isn't I, I feel like in that regard, like maybe Chastain would have gotten away with it in this movie if she was more the, you know, the Jim Phelps of it all. Right. Like the right, like, the, the the, comms, yeah, the like, hey, the like, director. I'm going to lead the meetings. I'll talk you through everything. Whatever. I'll take minutes. Yeah. yeah. No, I'll give you petty cash. <laughs> I'll line. Yeah. I'll, I'll be the line producer as well. Um, I'll do a lot of stuff. You know? <laughs> but um, 
yeah, I, there is just a lot of like, and I also kind of to this continuing point by the end of the movie, when they are the three, five, five or whatever, like what is Penelope actually do on the right, team? Right, like, right. and not to, I just, to, just to bring it back to the Penelope Cruz at all. And then none of this is her fault. She's, She's fine. And like I said, the 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 brief moments she has with Edgar Ramirez are actually other than the stuff Lupita Nyong'o is doing. That's the stuff that I was like, oh, I would watch this movie. This seems cool. She's going to be like, like she's going to be like Maggie Siff and Billions. Right. She's just there. <laughs> if they ever need to talk with her yeah. about she anything does they're have, going through, Penelope is just there she to does receive have it. That one, I, she does have that one nice moment. So they, there's a, in the middle of the movie, the you know, the uh, Maltese box is getting auctioned off in, in <laughs> sort of a shadow auction underneath a real auction. Right. And it is getting sold in one of the items at the real auction, but they don't know what item it is. Right. I think that's the strongest part of the movie overall. It's got its it's got its head on its shoulders the most, probably because there's the least amount of action. And so Kinberg can also like direct it a, a little bit better in terms of the bouncing around between sequences. Um, and it also is when you mentioned how grim this movie is, that is the breeziest part of the movie. It's like it's got the most light, lightest touch to it, we'll say. The sequence with Penelope amidst that whole scene, it's kind of the only moment in the movie she gets to shine and really like true, truly be like, oh, like this would be your role on the team if you had a role officially and we weren't sort of holding you hostage into doing this. Um, but she has to figure out what the item is. And so she kind of uses essentially the movie wants you to believe she's using like her skills as a psychiatrist to kind of get subtle details out of this gentleman who's clearly uh got a shine for her basically but it is some version of like you know she's using like feminine wiles plus jedi mind tricking a little bit into into figuring out what the object is that that they need to you know get in order to get the box back and the funniest part about that is that she starts because she's this married woman with children and she yeah. goes and she goes oh I, I am not a good flirt right right oh i i am not good at flirting that's a great right? penelope and cruz by the way that's <laughs> i i probably should be canceled for that penelope yeah. cruz, but um so she so she she says that and immediately it's like one of those ones where someone's like oh i've never sung before it's that part yeah, like right. where taraji p henson is like oh i've never really sung before and like yeah. hustle and flow and then all of a sudden oh, just let's loose oh my God. Yeah. like yeah. just let's loose penelope cruz flirting with this like shady billionaire is a little tiny work of art and yeah. it's like oh bullshit <laughs> that's yeah. what you told your husband like oh i'm such a bad right, right, right. like don't right. worry about me on this mission <laughs> like right. don't worry about me with my right. you know handling edgar ramirez no 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 i'm a terrible flirt like <laughs> <laughs> and then just lays waste to this man. Yeah. <laughs> like, Understandably. Yeah. I mean, obviously charming. it did what? Yeah. I mean. I bought it in, in, in a terrible wig, ex inexplicably that she is wearing. Why does she need to wear a wig? She's right. not a famous person. She does not like. Yeah. I, who's looking for her specifically at this place that isn't already looking for all of these other and, women? And I don't in understand. in a way that like a wig that 
I guess kind of changes how she looks a little like if we're talking about, like if they're, if they're doing it from a place of oh we just all need to look different like am I wrong like Diane Kruger's not wearing a wig like she still looks like Diane Kruger no so even, she wears a she wears a slightly brunette wig and then does nothing right, else right and then <laughs> Lupita doesn't wear a wig Chastain is Jessica maybe Chastain. the only one because she's got a, like a brown hair she's oh, got she's like got a, a brown wig. wig you're right most of them are wearing so, you know what most of them are wearing wigs but not Lupita but doesn't get to wear a wig yeah but, but Lupita's in the vent she's in the vents oh right, right. true so she's good point i guess i get it but See, my, checks but, out but yeah. but either way i just i don't know if penelope cruz is looking that different that like somebody you know some like agent who's checking the cam so that they can bring you know them what she all needed in. she <laughs> needed the twice born she needed the twice born. <laughs> yeah she would look unrecognizable it's true yeah she needed oh uh, it's a, a but also like think about the fact makeup. that these women had facial recognition technology to figure out every single thing about all of these billionaires and you're like oh the, but the people looking for you don't right like well the, the baltimore police department has has facial recognition technology the, it is not yeah, hard to get the my technology phone has in this movie is, my, my phone could do this yeah. it has google lens like what are you guys doing the wigs are doing nothing <laughs> at all the, and you're not laying a low profile here either so and, like and the tech in this it? movie is well i mean we'll just say dubious i don't know whatever but it's like dumb like there's a, there's a moment in this sequence that we're talking about where like Lupita gets like counter hacked and oh, like right. her solve is like cool I'm just gonna I'm gonna move like over here like she just moves <laughs> she's just like she changes moves, location like, like 20 feet yeah, she, like, moves like to just a different part that's like 10 feet away and I'm like does that do it like oh my god I get, it's I so get. dumb <laughs> it's so dumb um, I mean, I th- I think I'm. Ex- I mean, I'm. Ex- she moved to the three five four. She well done. She was in the three five five. She moved to the three five. Oh my god. We'll say, Dan. You mentioned just to get back to the producer who makes movies thing. Oh right, right. Mm. I do think, and I I think this is a. I think this is helpful for a movie like this, and it's where because the budget of this movie is sub hundred million dollars, right? Yes. reported at least 75 yeah. million right even with all those women and their yeah. salaries so oh. <laughs> well that's a different <laughs> like should probably be higher but yeah <laughs> yeah um Good point. but it I, I do think it is relatively effective at like we're gonna go to shanghai or make it seem like we're going to shanghai we're gonna go to morocco or make it seem like we're going to morocco the seams, I think, start to show in certain spots in a lot of those sequences, but I will say it is relatively effective in where it chooses. It does that like song and dance of like, we're probably going to shoot this somewhere in fucking Vancouver, but like we're going to get maybe some really good helicopter shots of like whatever city we're in and like pepper those into sequences or whatever. Yeah. And so, I think it works. A good point. I think they save a lot of that bang for their buck in terms of like, they know where to put it because the the sequence in the Shanghai high rise sort of immediately after the right. auction is the most kind of, I guess, literally explosive, you know, or whatever. But right. That's where but, they break things and blow yeah, things up yeah. and Glass shoot people blows up and, and shit. And so there's that's like, where the, yeah, that's but, where all the automatic weapons come out. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's all um, I don't know that the, the sequence doesn't really work. But I will say I do as just watching it from just a general logistical thing. 
I did kind of appreciate that of like, oh, yeah, it definitely is made by a producer because he at least generally speaking, like knew where to put the money at the exact right, right time. Right. Right. And, um, right. you know, I, uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess the thing is, so this is this. This is Kinberg's second movie he directed. The first one, Chestine's also in Dark Phoenix, which mm. is kind of the la- one of the last X-Men movies that Fox made. Oh, now, God. did Kinberg, he that? I still haven't seen that picture. Um, so did he so direct Dar- that from start to finish? Because I know Kinberg took over the third of those X-Men movies from Brian Singer. Singer. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think, yeah, Kin- Dark Phoenix, I think, is kind of Kin- Kinberg's movie. But I think that kind of spurs from him taking over for Singer on what is it? Apocalypse. Apocalypse right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think what you run into is just like. You know, for whatever, yeah, I mean, certainly scope is still in both pictures, but I think what you run into is like, there just seems to be a limitation um, in points. And we've kind of already mentioned it, like the fights, just basic, like geography of an action scene. But I also just uh, feel like expansion of, of, like almost expansion of scope, which is to say, like, if you're making Dark Phoenix, right, which is basically this, like, you know, the downfall of Jean Grey, right, the Phoenix character, all these things, and like these very important character deaths in that movie, and like it's kind of the end of this this like series of X Men characters in this particular thing. That movie, it almost it like gets smaller as it goes mm-hmm. on, right? So by the end, you're just kind of like, what's happening? Like, it feels like the best sequences happen early on. Mm-hmm. It's like not well formed, right? And it feels like too economical, right? Like like that's kind of what I was saying before. Yeah. And I think 355, you have a similar kind of a thing. You have like, there are set pieces at the end, but I think at a certain point you kind of go like, wait a minute, like, what what is all this about? I've kind of lost the thread a little bit. And I think when you compare an espionage in the world of espionage thrillers, you know, say which, you know, the, the Mission Impossible movies, which of course you would think of when, you know, you compare it to anything, 355, the Bourne movies, they expand, right? By the time you get to the end of those movies, there's a whole world they've built, right? Like the conflict you thought was happening actually is this, right? And so you thought it was this, and it's actually not just that. It's also this, right? And it's like you kind of get a little bit of that with the 355, I yeah. guess, when we talk about Sebastian Stan and stuff, but it's not enough. Spoilers, think, Dan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think with Kinberg, it's like in both of the cases of movies he didn't just produce but also directed, there seems to be this like – belt literal belt tightening and obviously they don't shoot these movies chronologically i know that like they don't shoot them they don't shoot them like from scene one to scene 81 but when they start with when you start with tech that can end the world and then you start seeing that this tech can end the world they don't really have anywhere to go right there's no like there's no like ethan hunt grabs the suitcase at the last second kind of thing they don't they just are like oh well here it is let's well, I guess we shouldn't have it anymore. And like, you're right. Like it just peters out. Like one, like 
It peters out. The last like three big scenes were like this gets shut down and that gets shut down and that guy gets killed and whatever. It just it really does feel like it kind of like wah, 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 wah. there's yeah, just no grab the suitcase moment. Yeah, they're really just tying up yeah. stuff. It's and they like, don't okay. have a they don't even have. And it seems like what's funny is like the script is basically almost there, right? Like they're almost there with it. Like he, you get to a place where like cool, they have the fucking Maltese box. And you don't have the moment where like they're going to use it on fucking Air Force One or what, you know, you like you don't yeah. like whatever it is like you just don't get that like, oh, but what do they need it for? And then you're like, oh, my God, they need it for this. That's the worst thing well, I've ever heard. And then g- actually give them like a ticking clock and an, and an objective well, to stop. Yeah, and yeah, because when you think about it, the reason that Jessica Chastain is able to convince all of these people and why Penelope Cruz is still on this, even though she wants to go home to her family, is that they know she does want to go home to her family. I mean, is that they're like, no, this the world is going to fall apart yeah. immediately. Did you not see those six planes fall out of the sky? Yeah. Like, so everybody's on board because it is so dangerous. But you're right. There's no there's no moment where it almost blows up the world. So you just have to trust like, oh, remember, remember how it's really bad. And then there are these moments where like just like something somebody has something sad happen. And then she's like, oh, you don't have to worry about that right now. And they were like, bitch, what? Yeah. Like, you told me this was so important. I had right. to leave my very awesome life to come and do this for you immediately. But I have to take a fiver now. Right. Now. Like after the worst thing I can imagine has already happened to me now. Like right. What? And and, yeah. and Lupita being the best thing in the movie, like she handles that particular dialogue really well because she just like has this look where you're like, I know yeah. I haven't been given any lines where I get to yell at you. So I will do my it's best all in her to face. do it. And she's right so here. good. Yeah, she's so good. And it's good. just like. <laughs> it did make anyway. me. It did make me. And I feel like a lot, a lot gets made of this every time she kind of comes up in the discourse of like just the really unfortunate just trajectory of her career and how like she probably should be in most things. And in fact, seems to work in high profile projects uh, sparingly, let's say. And me, and well, again, look, I, that might look, be she her choice. She should have gotten the Oscar for us, obvi- obviously. Sure, yeah, yeah, should, of should, should have been nominated, yeah. should have gotten it. Yeah, for of sure. course. Yeah, anyway. it's crazy she didn't get nominated. It's so weird. No, yeah, it's just so weird. That. that was run away the best um, performance of the year. And it is just weird. It, it's yeah, just weird that, that, like, you know, you don't, she just pops up and you're like, where you been? And, and look, I, you know, I, I don't know her life. Maybe, maybe She's, part. Well, maybe part, I mean, the maybe part of this is her choice changes, too. Yeah, you know, sure. the new Black, I, I also the feel Black like Panther movie. All that stuff. She's doing. I mean, she's yeah. doing fine. Yeah. She also like had signed on to do um, Born a Crime, uh, Trevor Noah's life story oh. thing. Oh. She was producing and was playing his mom. So like, um, I don't know what I, I know that was announced pre-pandemic, and so I'm not sure what happened. But right. I think it's still happening. Anyway, I it's. <laughs> We've been talking for a while. No, no. no. Like, Point is, we yeah, probably, I mean, we can, yeah, we're coming. To yeah, the this end is anyway. this yeah. is it. But sorry, back to but, Penelope. Yes, back to the Lady of the Night. Yeah, I don't this, know. I wish. Night, I wish she. I, I'll say this. I kind lady of. of I kind of wish she just wasn't in this movie. I don't. <laughs> no, I don't, she didn't. I don't often say that about movies we cover on this podcast because it's not even a thing of oh, I wish she had more to do. It's that I don't actually realistically see much more for her character to do in this movie so i kind of just wish it was somebody else Um, or that i yeah i'm just not really sure like i'm not sure what that character really added and could have been the comic relief 
could have been they the comic sh- relief yeah, as the person who's like, I'm just a therapist. Like, I'm just a therapist. Yeah. Like, like if she'd like, have, they had periodically just asked people to like, like, I think they make one therapy joke. Well, right. people in therapy already said, and yeah, she yeah. actually says, I'm not a therapist right now. And I literally thought her next words were going to be because the box is mine. <laughs> like, I, how did she not have a villain turn? That I character see, needed a villain great. turn. No, would see, that would have been better. Anyway, they just did a nasty. So- now, so, okay, so as we come to the end, I would just say, like, we've mentioned a, a lot of her movies. All of her Alma Devar movies are re- worth recommending. Yes, All Down My Mother, yeah. Volver, Pain and Glory, more recently, Parallel, and Parallel Mothers, Mothers yeah. last year, Broken Embraces, and Live Flesh are all the six. She did the cameo, and I'm so excited. I would just say they're all worth watching. I love them all. Um, big recommend, you know, for all of those. And then... You know, other movies that we probably kind of mentioned here and there as we went through that are just worth checking out. Um, I did like Everybody Knows. I mentioned The Counselor We Said. Um, Elegy I mentioned. I think Gothic is interesting. Vanilla Sky we talked about. Blow is good enough. I watched The, the Man with the Rain in His Shoes, this rom-com with Lena Headey. Um, it's also called... It has, has like three different titles, actually. Twice Upon a Yesterday is another title. It's not good, so that wouldn't be one of them. The original Abrelos Ojos. Um, and then, her that we said, her first movie, uh, Hamon Hamon, yeah. is fun. So I, w- I, think- I would also say, too, I did watch, um, just as whatever in prep, I watched uh, that movie Woman on Top. Oh, is it that, good? That she was in. It's okay overall. The movie's okay. Oh, the high-low country. I like the high-low country. Yeah. Uh, Stephen that's Stephen Frears. Yeah, yeah, that I feel like we could probably put in our pocket for like a future B side. That definitely. That's a good western. Yeah. That's a better like, that's a better like neo western than uh, all the pretty horses around. Yeah, the agreed, same time. agreed. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no. In Woman on Top, she's oh, she's just very charming, and she like gets to be a movie star in it. So I I would recommend it for that. I think overall the movie gets a little dicey here and there, but but it's it it is. Uh, it's she, charming enough that uh, that it's worth a watch. She does have a comedy, speaking of which, called Official Competition. I was uh, going to bring that up. Yeah, with her and Antonio back together. It looks so wait, very... so I haven't watched it. Is that the thing I've been asking for? Do I gotta do I gotta watch? I don't it? think I don't know that you can watch it yet. I don't know that it's, it's made not released it yet. I just pond. looked it up. Oh, um, so it's maybe. Got, That's nice. I think it first came out um, in whatever festival it was in in 2021, but it, yeah. it's releasing. June seventeenth, twenty twenty two. There you go. So oh, it's about to come out. It looks right around fun. the corner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Comp- competencia oficial. Right. So it's a Spanish Argentinian Argentine co production. Um, so that's nice because I think as we're talking about, it would be great if she could be in some good comedies, as we mentioned. Um, and that's kind of it. I mean, in terms of things in the future, I just hope she makes a couple more Almodovar movies. Sure. I hope you know she's in. I do like that, you know, working with, you know, Farhadi and speaking of Was Network, which I haven't finished, but, you know, Aseas, right? Great director. I think yeah. I know that Wasp Network is, had got mixed reviews and I haven't finished it yet. But I mean, just working with a guy like him, I hope yeah. she continues to do that. You know, uh, somebody like Isabel Koyex, who I, or Koye, who I talked about with LG, like those types of filmmakers. I think that's nice. And I, I hope for more like that. And, uh, and that's kind of it. That's Penelope. Um, any yeah. final thoughts, Katie? I will say I liked her so much in Gianni Versace that I would yes. be okay if Ryan Murphy decided to make her 
in a, a, a central part of one of his next like opulent over the top things with iconic female actresses that you know they've been a little all over the place i'll say but like i thought he did her justice she was wonderful in that so i'd be happy to see more of that and i'll also say if you missed vicky christina barcelona you can skip through anything that doesn't have her in it but yes watch her scenes in that movie and i don't even remember to Rome with Love, I don't, I can't even tell you. I, I, what I think she, I saw that at the Angelica, and I haven't thought about. But it I don't, since, I, I couldn't think. tell you what her role was yeah. in it. I know Baldwin's in it, yeah. Jesse Eisenberg, Greta Gerwig, I think. But I just, I think she is going to be a fascinating fifty-year-old actor, sixty-year-old right. actor. I'm kind of excited for whether you know when she got into like, like you mentioned Sophia Loren earlier, mm. and Sophia Loren's latter-day career grumpy old men aside like you know like she was she never stopped being fascinating and i think mm. got more and more interesting i was thinking about that with diane kruger too who i was very underwhelmed by when she was in troy like like her big debut and everything mm. and i feel like she has gotten better and better and better and as a 40 year old actor i think she's really Agreed. interesting and good i i want to see penelope cruz at like 50 kind of 60 yeah. yeah yeah so i feel like when that to go back to the beginning thing about like that burden of Oh, your dream girl of like, beauty. When, right, she, when of she's beauty, finally yeah. like oh, out of that, I want to see what like postmenopausal Penelope Cruz does with her career. I think it'll be interesting. Yeah, you get. I, I think you get a little of that. I think you get a little of that in Parallel Mothers. Um, she's, but you're right, Katie's yeah. right though. She's still so stunning. Yeah, it's like, yeah. It, it it's almost, like hysterical. Yeah, it's, it's like yeah. But you definitely you get a little bit of it. Even I think even in there's even a line in Parallel Mothers where she's like, "I'm almost 40. You know, and you're like, you're like, uh, I mean, I believe it, but like, that's insane. Well, um, you mean like <laughs> earlier in the movie? Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Because then it, yeah, yeah. It, it jumps. But, um, but anyway, yeah, she I, can play it all. Yeah. yeah, I, I will say that I think the best thing that's come out of doing this episode for me is just I think she is a gateway to like some other like if you. If you only know her from her Hollywood work, like like Dan said, like dive into the Elmo of our stuff or anything she's done that's like not in Hollywood, uh, even her debut, like and I guarantee you, you'll you'll have a good time. Um, and uh, and it so it is that she is kind of a nice gateway drug, as it were, to like international cinema yes. in that in that regard. So I think I think that is uh, is definitely something to be appreciated. Katie, tell us again where you are in the podcasting world and the writing world before we sign sure. off. Sure. Well, uh, you can find Uncompromised Creative at uncomp.ninja. Uh, I am writing for Masters of Scale still, which is on all of the platforms, Masters of Scale with Reed Hoffman. Great podcast. Um, and, ver- and I work on various other podcasts for the Wait What Network, including Spark and Fire, which is coming out with season two and Great soon. I don't think I can say exactly when, but soon. Um, and I and also Meditative Story, which is a great podcast um, where you hear uh, people that you love talking about the moment where everything changed. So they have some really beautiful episodes. I got to work on uh, just a few of them. And uh, And if you want a podcast to kind of like bring your mind into a more reflective place, even as you're going and doing your stuff. It's really great. So uh, I'm on the Twitters and the things at uh, Katie Gonzo or Uncompromised. Sorry, I think our Twitter is 
ninja, I think. And I think so. I'm not really posting anywhere else. I, we're on Instagram, kind of, but like, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Find me we Twitter. should say Fathom Stories, which I always mention. Katie, you've done yes. some great episodes, um, which has been such a, so you've been so kind to. We got to get, Nicholas is going to have to do one. Which he should. Which he absolutely should. I'm gonna take a little break um with that, obviously, with my own stuff going on. Um, but but you've been so great with that as well. And um and yeah, Katie Gonzo, like you said on Twitter. And yeah, I mean uh, but personally, Masters of Scale, Spark and Fire, I listen, I love those podcasts. I can't wait to check out uh meditative story you said. So that's great. Thank you. And yeah, thanks for for pushing us to talk Penelope. This was great. I was great to talk about Felt very, we covered it all, I feel like. I feel like we did. And maybe, which we, is good. Maybe some stuff that didn't have to do with her at all. But that's okay. But, that's but good. it's okay. We, we cover, <laughs> we try do. and cover a large that's swath do, of things yeah. when we when we do this thing. Sometimes it's all about the context. <laughs> um, right. And you can follow me, DJ Mech, on Twitter, Fathom Stories. And Connor, take us home. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Scruffy Looking. You can follow this podcast on Twitter and Facebook at TFSB Side. If you like what you've heard here, please do rate, review, and subscribe wherever you are listening. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email us at B Side, B S I D E, at thefilmstage.com. Uh, what else do I have anything to plug? I mean, I guess as this releases, I'll have reviewed the most recent dinosaur movie for the film stage. Jurassic so we'll, something. We'll see. Well, I haven't seen it yet. We'll see how that goes. Um, and I should say, I can't wait for your review. I'm not seeing it. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We will see how that goes. But, um, other than that, we are almost, if you, if you can count, uh, we are almost at a hundred episodes, so uh, this will be our ninety eighth episode. Yes. Uh, our ninety ninth episode, we will have a guest host. It will be myself, and uh, we will be bringing back uh, a former guest, uh, Mitchell Beaupre. They are joining me. Uh, we're currently in the midst of putting putting together a really good episode for our ninety ninth episode. And then we'll be we will be taking a bit of a hiatus before we drop our big 100. Um, and in that time, we will be launching a series of audience choice polls as we do every year to kind of shore up, uh, you know, an, our next set of episodes once we get back into it. So keep a lookout for all of that. Uh, and until then, look at us. I'm frozen and you're dead. And I love you. I love that's my favorite. I love that one.